The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 258 for Wednesday, December 3rd, 2014. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning in, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. As always, MTR is rated M for mature, so listener and viewer discretion is advised. All right, so before we get into this week's show, we got a lot to discuss. Just got to get a couple of news items out of the way. Got a uh, funny monologue you guys will appreciate. And um, we're going to do some sound checks to make sure that our phone lines are actually working for this week. Um, First up, we are in the month of December. As you all know, it is the holiday season, and as such... um, There are certain things that are definitely going to be um, a little different with regards to the broadcast schedule for the month of December. So I did want to get that out of the way so you guys will make note of that and don't uh, message me or come looking for me uh, the last two weeks of the month when we are going to be off air. Anyway, the official last two airings of My Take Radio for 2014 will be on December 17th. And December 18th, we will be back on air on January 7th and January 8th. So make a note of that. No, the last two episodes of 2014 will be December 17th and December 18th. Obviously, with the uh, two holidays, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's, obviously our broadcast schedules are going to be thrown for a loop. So I figured we would uh, take the time off and... um, you know, just uh, get a refresher, of course, and come back and start 2015 off with a bang. We are, of course, going to be updating uh, MyTakeRadio.com, RageWorks.net during that time, but there will be no live broadcast. But we will continue providing content. Uh, with regards to that, we've been putting up a lot of great content on RageWorks.net, including Jay Santee's review of WWE 2K15. Uh, We are also working on reviews for Motorola's Moto X phone, as well as the Motorola 360 Android smartwatch. Those reviews should be up 
by this week, and I'm working on those. And our and my WWE 2K15 review should be up before the week is out. Just uh, some scheduling issues have prohibited me from getting it out on time, but that stuff is just one of the many things that we are working on. In addition to that, the uh, gaming awards are this Friday, and we will be working with our colleagues at Royal Flush Magazine for a live blog for that. I'm sure I will be uh, discussing it with Slick and as well as Danny and the rest of her team as we live blog the gaming awards on Friday night. Uh, once more details are available, of course, we will share them on social media, both on My Take Radio and Rageworks fan pages. Now, while we are on the subject of fan pages, I did want to mention something interesting I got from Facebook with regards to how they're going to continue handling uh, pages for businesses and brands through 2015, primarily that they are um, pretty much pushing the focus on paid advertising. We're going to continue to uh, stay the course. That's why if you guys are on our My Take Radio fan page, you're noticing that Rageworks content is showing up there. Uh, one of the reasons, of course, being to ensure that those that have not migrated over to the Rageworks Facebook fan page can still get the content on our My Take Radio fan page. So we're going to continue to do that for the foreseeable future. But in 2015, there will be a lot more changes and a lot and a lot more um, merging of Rageworks and My Take Radio across the board. Obviously, our YouTube presence and our social media presence will stay active, but it's just one of those things that we're going to continue to merge as the year goes on. With that said, uh, definitely want to try and bring on board some new writers, uh, definitely uh, MMA, wrestling, gaming, etc. So if you share a passion for any one of those topics, definitely drop me a line, either mtrhost at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net. And we will um, definitely love to hear from you. Of course, send the writing sample if available and any previous work you may have done just because we want to definitely continue to add to our roster of unique personalities. A lot of you guys really have soft spots for a lot of our staff for their unique content, including uh, the Buried Boys, Jay Santi, our very own Ben, and the rest of the MTR crew. So we want to continue growing that and adding new stuff to the Rageworks brand. There is an announcement, hopefully, that I can have finalized before the year is out regarding us and the crew at Video Game News Radio. Once that's uh, finalized and put together, we will uh, make a formal announcement either directly on the site or on air if we get it done before the year is out. So I figured I would share that with you guys. Um, as for the funny story for you guys I wanted to share, um, it actually involves uh, me picking up a new cell phone. I picked up a uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 4 which is uh, quite nice, and a um, couple of things. I, I'll admit I'm a gadget junkie, and I'm sure many of you that are techies much like myself share this pain where we are usually taking our gadgets, selling them to upgrade to the latest and greatest. Uh, given that we covered the Samsung announcement for this device, I was enamored both with the Note 4 and the Note Edge. Originally, my my plan was to pick up the Note Edge, but considering that the phone retails for, um, you know, eight or nine hundred dollars, it's uh, it's something that definitely did not uh, sit too well with me. I mean, the Note 4 had a um, had a better price 
and I opted to go with that. So what ended up happening was um, I sold my Note 3 on eBay, and I actually got a decent amount of money for it and um, applied that money towards the balance on this phone because the way T-Mobile works is you either can buy the phone outright or you can spread the payments over the course of 24 months unless, of course, you are part of the JUMP program where you would like to upgrade before the two-year mark and there's some crazy shit that they do and whatever the case may be, you can upgrade before the two-year mark. Usually what I do is I... um. I sell my device, I take the money that's that from that sale and apply it to uh, what I owe for that device and then buy a new one. So in any case, um, I picked up a Note 4, I go to T-Mobile, and if you guys are techies much like myself, you know that every store you go to, you have a guy or a girl, your, your point person for all your purchases. This is the one person that doesn't try to offer you warranties or any of the other bullshit. They just they want to sell you your your device. They share the same passions. They always have a little bit of small talk and they just don't pester you. They take your money and they send you on your way. We all have these people, whether it's at your local Best Buy or your local GameStop or your mom and pop game store or wherever you may go, we all have a guy or or a girl that hooks us up and makes our transactions as easy as possible. So in the K in my case in T-Mobile, usually I have I have two I have two uh, I have two people that fall in that category. Uh, three, but the third person's a little flaky. But two consistent uh, great reps at the store that help us out and get us the gear we need, the 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 billing cycles we need, the upgrades we want with zero issue. They don't try to upsell us or or do any kind of shit. They just here you go. Thank you for your business and send me on my way. So. I walk in and one of those people, uh, one, of, one of those individuals was occupied. So I had to deal with the guy that is the quote unquote manager of the store. So I go, I tell the guy, listen, I want a note four. And he says, okay, um, you know, do you want to pay off the, the old phone? So I pay off the old phone and I tell him, yeah, I got to pay this off since I sent it on eBay and I got to make sure that the, um, the, the serial number is clean and everything is fine. So he takes my money and he gives me the phone. He gives me the brand new Note 4. So as he's giving me the phone, he's like, oh, you know, I wanted to tell you, you know, we're going to give you some accessories. So, you know, if you want the accessory, if you want, you could take the accessories and sell them on eBay. I'm like, listen, I don't want any accessories whatsoever. You know, I don't want any chargers. I have a really good Bluetooth uh, stereo headset. I don't need anything. I just want the phone. He's like, yeah, but you could take it. And there's a rebate for Black Friday. And it basically comes out to, to, to you not paying anything. And you can take the stuff and sell it on eBay. So if you guys are well versed in, in mobile technology, you guys know that if you need cases, you're going to go to Amazon or you're going to go to eBay, depending on what it is. And you can get a decent phone case for, um, you know, to and, and go about your business and um, Brian says, um, you wanted what's called a dry sale. That is exactly right. Just a dry sale. And, um, that's, uh, that, that's exactly it. I just wanted a dry sale. Give me my product and we go about our business. So the guy was pretty much kind of insisting, yeah, but you know, you could get the flip case and the wireless charger. And I'm like, listen, I don't want any of that shit. I don't want a flip case because nothing is more annoying than the stupid flap hanging down when you're taking pictures. 
And um, I didn't want that. I don't want wireless charging because that's just another headache, et cetera, et cetera. Just sell me the damn phone. So, so he says, man, I should just sell this phone to somebody who will get the accessories. And at this point, I was annoyed. And I'm like, unless you don't want a place to come to work tomorrow, you're going to sell me the damn phone. So he sold me the phone begrudgingly. And of course, his demeanor changed from jokey McJoke face to, you know, take your shit and get the fuck out of my store. So when he walked away, the guy that usually sells me my stuff comes over. He goes, yo, man, I just want to apologize for that dude. He's the, he's the manager. So, you know, we make money on accessories. We don't make money on phones. So, you know, he, he was going hard trying to get you to take the accessories for that reason. And I'm like, look, I understand you guys get commission and you guys make money off that shit. But guess what? I'm laying out, I'm laying out X amount of money for, you know, my old phone. Plus I'm paying the tax on this phone. It's like, I don't need shit else. And he should respect that. That no is no. So it was just a a very frustrating experience for something that really shouldn't be that frustrating. I mean, I've shared with you stories from GameStop, horror stories from GameStop involving that sort of shit where, you know, they go and they, um, you know, they push, they push in that sort of stuff. And, you know, GameStop, same thing. Like I said, I got a couple of different GameStops I go to in a pinch and I know the individuals that work there and they just sell me my game or they give me an upgrade, whatever the case may be, and send me on my way. I really did not expect um, that. You, I, I wouldn't have expected that a, that a quote unquote manager would be so pushy. And, and that was one of those things that really just frustrated me as, as, you know, just as a consumer, it's like, you're a manager. If I said, no, it's no, just give me the damn phone, especially because I got five lines there and I've been a I've been a T-Mobile customer. So you guys can laugh at how old I am. I've been a T-Mobile customer since they were OmniPoint. So, you know, that's how far back, that's how far back we're going. I, from OmniPoint to voice stream to whatever they were in between to T-Mobile and that's where we're at. Um so I figured I'd share that with you guys just because it's the holidays and we we I understand guys got to make a buck but definitely we got no time for that pushy shit. Um Brian's asking uh with regards to the call in number Brian you can call in that number via Skype. Uh you could do push to talk via Skype if you go to Blog Talk Radio or you could just dial in that number and it'll put you through to our switchboard. Um, figured I'd answer that for those of you that haven't called into the show before. That's how that works. All right. So with that said, um, just one of those those crazy stories that has to be shared with you guys because it's just it's just way it's way out of left field. Like I said, usually my my cell phone purchases are incredibly smooth. And um, I actually have uh, like I said, I have a Moto X and a Motorola 360 that we're reviewing, and we got some stuff that we're going to try and give away for the holidays as well. We're also going to work with our colleagues at Royal Flush to um, to give away some some stuff for their holiday grab bag, and once I get that, I will definitely share that with you guys because Danny definitely takes care of her fans and her readers along with the rest of the, Ro- of the Royal Flush family. They definitely give away some awesome stuff. So, um, what's on tap for tonight? We're going to be talking MMA news. Ben is probably going to be joining us, hopefully, uh, once we do a check on the phone lines. And we're going to be talking about the UFC Reebok deal, which is going to give the UFC roster, quote unquote, uniforms. We're going to dig into that a little bit. 
Of course, on the wrestling side of things, the big news story, the CM Punk interview with Colt Cabana, The Art of Wrestling, we're going to get into that, and that's going to probably lead to some really, really crazy conversation because a lot of people are very torn with regards to that interview. We're also going to address the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon interview that happened after Raw, which was a, a really, really solid interview. Again, Stone Cold Steve Austin as a podcaster, has just really come into his own. He delivers a genuine product, and he really pulls no punches. No disrespect to Chris Jericho, but sometimes Chris Jericho spends a lot of the time blowing himself up on his own show. So Stone Cold definitely got a lot out of Vince, and they really addressed a lot of the crazy stuff, including the elephant in the room, the CM Punk interview. So we're going to get into that. As always, we will take your calls for both segments, 347-324-324. Three five four one. Just like Slick, know who you are, what topic you'd like to discuss, and we will bring you on board. So, with that, uh, let me check in on our very own Slick to make sure everything is running on all cylinders. Slick, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. All right, we are rocking and rolling. I hear you loud and clear. Everything seems to be working nice. I think um, the strategy for next year is no shows before Thanksgiving. <laughs> because clearly i see that um that brian's in the queue um i'm not there's no need to screen him since he mentioned it in the chat let me bring him in before we jump into the uh the mma news for the week brian yes what's going on buddy how are you hey there doing good just not used to using the blog talk radio that's all anyways um just want to talk to you about your t-mobile experience you actually it was good to hear you we're able to get what you needed there, of course, in the store. Yeah, I mean... But, you know, it, it seems to be that's the thing they want to push the accessories. And I was just reading an article today. It was so interesting because they were talking about the similar thing at Radio Shack um, where there, this guy was... I had a whole door blog post about working at Radio Shack. Out. Well, it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> basically, he was saying that's the thing. That basically, they were, they were told as, as retail employees that they need to push the accessories, meaning they cannot just sell the phone. They have to, like... You got to push... Accessories, you know, the, the the case, the chargers, the you know, whatever you want to say, they need to get there. They they want all that stuff. Absolutely, because like you said, they don't make the money off the, the phone. Right, so. and 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 I definitely understand that. But Brian, especially because you know, and and I've and I've seen you active in the GFQ chats for all their shows. You know the deal, man. Especially mm-hmm. when you're a techie, you always got your guy in every store. You know the the layout of the store. You know what you want when you walk in. You know what mm-hmm. you need. And listen, I don't mind the guy going through the spiel and telling me, listen, you know, if you want some accessories, great. You know, I respect the guy's hustle. My frustration stems from the fact that if I go, listen, I'm not interested. That's it. You know what I mean? Like if I go, listen, I'm not interested, I'll pass. That's where it should end. Trust me on this. The problem is comes down to these companies here is sometimes when you say no once, it's not enough. And these companies right. have to have a policy eventually to say, respect the customers. If they say no, Comcast did this with, um, with Brian, uh, not Brian, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Block. You, I seen you saw his uh, video about that with, you know, he basically had like a half an hour. He's trying to get off Comcast. Yep. I and heard about that. Take no for an answer. Yep. You, and it's like, these companies got to understand, look, once you tell the person, the salesperson in English, in your language that we're both talking here, you know, right. this is what I want, we're done. You know, I don't have to answer you a million times. This is not a courtroom where you're trying to badger the witness, where you're trying to, you know, trying to get something you admit something they're not trying to do, you know. 
just just let me buy the phone and I'll be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, you know. it, it's a it's a I, crazy. I, I no, I mean not to cut you off. I apologize. It, it's it's a crazy thing where you know the typical retailers that we don't experience this this strong arm tactic have have become the 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 bringers of that sort of in your face sales pitch. And you know what it is? Like I said, as a gamer, I go to GameStop, I buy stuff, and they do mm-hmm. the pitch. Hey, do you want to reserve a game? Hey, do you want to do this? And I'll be like, listen, I'm good. Thanks, whatever. Or sometimes I'll just say, listen, I review this stuff as a, as a, as a job. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we just try and, and bang it out. But there, there are instances where, you know, I, like I said, it was just a shock for me. What I would do for you, by the way, here's a little tip for you, because John Legree, he's the T-Mobile CEO. He's very active on Twitter. Yep. If you're concerned about your experience, and I really recommend you doing this, you should tweet to him. He is really great about this kind of stuff, and that's actually you know, one of the things I'll say that's been a strong thing for T-Mobile is they're really trying to be competitive. You know? Right. So if they want to keep your business for the long term, you'd tell them, look, you guys need to change your policies. This is just, you can't you know, be strong on your people, but we're buying accessories. You know, it's, when somebody says no, respect that, you know, so absolutely freedom because he's really great about the, um, you know, those things. So, yeah, anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to give him a shot and uh, I'll send him a tweet just because it'd be cool to have that. as just like, Hey, the president of T-Mobile uh, responded and I'm just going to pitch it to him. And if anything happens, I'll definitely uh, let you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to let you know about that because I was just, uh, I hear your frustration to let you know I've been, I, I've been through myself and my customers might have been through that stuff. I know that people have and just, we need to get these companies to understand that when somebody says no, you back off and that's it, you know. There you <laughs> go. People like they should be good about that and I'm just shocked that you had that experience because they, they're, they need to be because otherwise you're going to go to Verizon or AT&T, you know. If that's the same experience, why not go there with a the network that's bigger <laughs> and I don't want to say more reliable, I can't say that for sure, but you know, it's just bigger in that regard. So, well, you know. well, but like I said, anyways. I've been I've been with them since they were OmniPoint. I'm not going. To, they look at they whenever they pull up my information, they look at it and they go, "Holy cow!" I'm like, "Yeah, I've been here a long time." Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just yeah. it, it was just weird, like that new business tactic. I mean, my they tried to they tried it with my wife when she got the iPhone, but it wasn't as aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just figured right. I would I would share that with uh, with the audience. But I'm gonna uh, take your advice and definitely cool. uh, give that a shot. I'll give him a tweet. Do do that, please. <laughs> Sounds good. So. I'll keep you posted. I appreciate you calling in, man. It's cool, a, uh, definitely uh, join us whenever you get a chance. I always like to hear fresh voices. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, have a good show, okay? Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Talk to you. Bye. Okay. Bye. There you have it. Uh, GFQ's Brian Monroe, always a uh, very vocal listener for all the shows on the GFQ network. Um, always awesome to, to see him interact with us. Uh, definitely a guy that's been in the trenches as a listener for, for the GFQ shows. And I'm glad he took the time to tune into MTR. So uh, thanks for that, Brian. I'll keep you abreast of how things go. If I tweet um, the CEO of T-Mobile, just because I, I, I would tweet him and just ask, Hey, is it uh, a new business tactic to uh, be so aggressive with offering accessories? I think it's definitely something I'd love to hear what he has to say. Anyway, with that said, um, again, on deck tonight, we're going to talk about the week's MMA news, including the Reebok UFC announcement. Uh, ben should be joining us for that. In addition to that, we'll be talking about Monday Night Raw. We are going to get into the CM Punk debate. 
I know our very own Jay Santi was very, very vocal about that, and I definitely want to hear his take on it. I know Slick is going to join us for that because he has some interesting things he wants to discuss as well. Um, definitely looking forward to getting all that stuff out of the way. So let's get that ball rolling with some MMA stuff first, shall we? My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMAWarehouse.com. Get all the latest and greatest training gear and accessories and all your favorite fighter tees by heading over to MMAWarehouse.com. If you want to save on your orders, definitely hit up our ads on MyTakeRadio.com or RageWorks.net and you can either get free shipping or any of the other promotions that our friends at MMA Warehouse are running. Of course, Purchases done that way do help out MTR and RageWorks, allowing us to get better gear and, of course, upgrade the show to create a better experience for you guys, the listeners. All right, so I want to open things up with a drug suspension for um, Michinori uh, Michinori Tanaka, uh, bantamweight, who was found to have two banned substances in his system as he took on uh, Kyung Ho Kang at UFC Fight Night Hunt versus Nelson in September. Uh, he tested positive for ephedrine and pseudoephedrine, which are both banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency in in, competi- in uh, regulated competition. Tanaka lost his bout via split decision, and the Japanese prospect was forced to return his $50,000 fight of the night bonus. So there you have it. Um, uh, the 24-year-old, of course, will be required to pass a drug test to resume competition. Uh, very rarely do I hear people getting popped for ephedrine and pseudoephedrine. Of course, those are supplement. Those are ingredients found in supplements to cut weight. Uh, usually, we we've known it from things like Stacker Two and all those old school supplements that really, really had that level of um, you know, that level of supplement. Uh, excuse me, that level of uh, energy boosting supplementation. I mean. Stacker 2, I remember, was a big one. Then later on, Stacker 3 and so many of those other supplements. Obviously, as more and more athletes died from ephedra overdoses, um, the industry changed the formulas for a lot of these supplements and changed a lot of stuff. But people still find ways around it. Um, It's weird to see a guy like this get popped for this type of a supplement because, like I've said, there's other diuretics and other things out there that are less intensive and less... um, rigorous on the body but again um Michinori Tanaka is banned uh excuse me is suspended for the time being due to testing positive for those two substances I've just been informed uh that Ben is on the line so I'm going to bring Ben on and we're going to go through this craziness in the world of MMA Big Ben welcome back what's up man ah it's good to have you back after last week's fiasco it feels so good to uh to, to get you in here because we got a lot of stuff to discuss. Um, first and foremost, uh, just I want to get some of the, mm-hmm. the smaller news out of the way because obviously the, uh, the UFC uniform deal is a big, is a big deal that we're going to have to discuss. But um, first things first, uh, a fight between Phil Davis and Ryan Bader is on deck for a UFC fight night 
um, on Fox 14. That goes down January 24th. That's the card in Stockholm, Sweden. Of course, Alexander Gustafsson, Anthony Rumble Johnson is your main event. Your co-main, Dan Henderson, taking on the dream catcher, Gegard Mousasi. Uh, definitely a solid card. Those three fights alone make this a must-see card. Now, I've seen uh, Rumble and Gustafson doing a lot of press, and Anthony Johnson is a huge dude next to um, Alexander yeah. Gustafson. It, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. This man used a fight at yep. 170, and he's bigger <laughs> than a lot of heavyweights. Dude, he is a, he's a <laughs> monster next to him. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Johnson... I mean, not at all his legal troubles, I, I guess, are over with the whole domestic abuse accusing thing. Um, it's good to see him back because, I mean, this dude is a giant uh, light heavyweight now, and he he's packing some power. I, I'm really interested to see how that fight goes because, I, I mean, we haven't really seen anyone but John Jones really hit Gustafson clean in the face. Right. So right. I'm really interested to see what Anthony Johnson... Because Anthony Johnson's got that kind of power that just changes your life in the middle of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you don't want to get hit by this dude. He's got, he's got brain-shattering power. It's insane. You know, you know what's crazy though? It's like you got, you got two hitters on on both the main and the co-main because you know Dan Henderson that overhand right, the H bomb that connects and it's lights out. I mean, he's taking on a very credible guy in Gegard Mousasi. I just feel that watching Gegard Mousasi fight. It's like it's like watching a mime or watching ballet because the dude is just he just shows zero emotion, zero interest in fighting, even though he's a talented and amazing and an amazing competitor. I mean, you know, he comes from the from the Fedor Emelianenko school of of ass kicking. But um, I yeah. just I just don't feel any sort of I don't even want to say interest in watching his fights because his fights are always exciting. But I always know that they're going to be very methodical, very by the book. So to see him in the co-main, it's because they're expecting Dan Henderson to just fucking, you know, destroy him or at least make the fight a little more uh, a little more than the norm. I don't think it's because they're expecting Dan Henderson to do the destroy. Well, they're they're expecting uh, Dan, Dan Henderson, Henderson to try. He's got a shot to me. You don't think he's oh, got well, a shot, huh? He's going to try. <laughs> but I, I think this is more geared towards Gegard. Um, I mean, one is almost 40 or is 40, um, and one is uh, like I think, I think they want Gegard to win. I think that I think there's a really good chance he will win. Because I mean, you're right about the methodical kind of slow. I wouldn't even call it slow per se, but real methodical. He doesn't show. He doesn't show any emotion. He's just a real methodical, slow-paced kind of fighter. But he beats nearly everyone he fights. Um, and I, I think that's going to pose all sorts of problems for Dan Henderson, who. Uh, without HGH, I, I don't know how much it affects him. I, I think it affects him more than anybody because he he was using it because he's older. Like he probably needed it. He like actually needed it. And I, I just think watching the Daniel Cormier fight, I don't know if that happens to him. Um, if he back, if he was on HGH at that time, like him getting big brothered around the ring. Well, you know what it is. It's very interesting how they want to pace that that sort of a fight because when you look at it. A guy like Musasi is definitely going to try and pick apart. Like Dan Henderson always always goes in there and he tries to give a he gives a show. And don't get me wrong, I think Dan Henderson's accepted the fact that title contention for him is a long shot at best, especially at at, at two hundred five or even at one eighty five. 
it's a it's a dangerous yeah. it's a dangerous prospect for him that you know could could end his career basically. So I just find it I just find it mm-hmm. interesting that they would pair him with this guy. And again, the methodical pace and defend defeating a, a legend like Dan Henderson would be great for him. But I also feel that the tide can change with one punch when Dan Henderson is concerned. You know. Oh yeah, that, I mean most definitely. I mean if he throws that punch, it's a wrap. The problem is I, I don't think he'd be able to catch Gegard with it. I mean Dan Henderson, his setup for that punch is always the same. That's why I, I really gave him no real shot against uh, John <laughs> Jones. Is it's like better fighters. I mean not to say he was fighting bad fighters, but he was fighting guys that kind of are kind of like blood and sweat fighters. Like they're not going to they're, they're not out here really game planning and really looking. Looking to see how 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 to get rid of that punch, and when you saw when he fought Jake Shields, Jake Shields neutralized that punch. Like, yep. <laughs> like he, he neutralized that. Like I mean, yeah, he got caught with it early, but after that, he neutralized it. And I I, I thought thought John Jones would ever be able to do that, and I think Gegard Mousasi will be able to do that just by outboxing him. Um, so, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, but I really I really think there's a really good chance Gegard wins this fight. Well, here's here's a here's the thing. If Dan Henderson loses this fight in in vicious fashion, or you know gets knocked out, do you think do you think it, it would be time to start discussing retirement for Dan Henderson? I mean, no disrespect, but this is a guy coming off two wars with Shogun. You know, shorten both of their lives. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think especially Shogun. Who, I think both him and Shogun need to retire. Honestly. Um, it, there comes a certain point where you need to just go ahead and uh, hang him up. Like, there's no shame at this point, I, I feel, in, 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 in sitting down and, and and putting the sport away. I think Dan Henderson, I hope Dan Henderson has made enough money to where he could sit sit back and be comfortable. Um, and I, I really think that, that if he loses this next fight, win or lose, honestly, I think he should probably think about retiring, to be honest with you. Um, he's an older guy. He's been fighting since, like, the infancy. The infancy of MMA, like I, I right. really think it's, it's time for him to just you know really look into life afterwards. I agree, I agree a hundred percent. Now, um, this Ryan Bader Phil Davis fight is very interesting because it it creates um, a, a definite buzz at two hundred five. I, I think both guys have incredible wrestling pedigree. I think though, in terms of stand up, I think Phil Davis has better stand up in this fight. I think Phil Davis is probably better everywhere. Uh, Ryan Bader is. For lack of a better term, a gatekeeper at this point. He, not, not, and I don't mean that completely negatively, but he, he, he's not gonna ever get a title shot. Um, and he just, he is what he is at this point. I think Phil Davis, though, I think you can break Phil Davis mentally. I don't think Ryan Bader has the skill set to do it. Right. Um, and I think in this in this fight, he he's really gonna run up against a better wrestler and a better striker. That makes sense. I mean, you know what it is with with Bader also, and 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 with even just two hundred five as a whole, it fears that it feels like two hundred five is just a revolving door of guys that have kind of been at the at at the upper level and just haven't progressed because they'll win two fights, lose two fights, win one fight, lose a fight. You know what I mean? It feels like a lot of these guys are in that cycle. Mm-hmm. Like there's no breakout guys at two hundred five other than the guys that are where they should be. Am I wrong in that assessment? Um, I think you're completely wrong in the assessment. It doesn't. It just doesn't feel like 205 has really developed talent per right. se right now, and it, it, it might have something to do with the guy on top who is lording over the division right now. So, I mean, 
the the bigger prospects are all going into the title fights, like John Jones, uh, Alexander Gustafson, Daniel Cormier, um, Anthony Johnson. They're the four best yep. light heavyweights on the planet, and it's really a huge gap between them and everybody else. And and that's exactly it. And you know, it it, it almost feels like these guys. And don't get me wrong, they're they're training hard. They're doing what they got to do. But I just don't feel they're I I don't feel that the guys are reaching for the for the proverbial gra- glass, um, excuse me, for the proverbial brass ring, like like some of these other guys. You get what I'm saying? Like these guys, they're going through more rigorous camps. Yeah. They're doing more stuff, but they're just they're, there's not an evolution of technique to where they start kind of inching ahead of everyone else. Like Gustafson is tailor made. He's you know it's like he's vanilla John Jones. You know he's got the reach. He's got the height. He's got he's got great yeah. technique. Um, you know, Anthony Rumble Johnson, great wrestling, t- tremendous knockout power, just a, a massive human being at 205. Uh, Daniel Cormier has the wrestling pedigree. I mean, the only guy, and, and definitely not now, but back in the day that was the breakout was Rashad. Like, look how yeah. far back we got to go to talk about a guy breaking out at 205. Like, remember that breakout period where we had and four, Jones. Yeah, we had Jones, Rashad, Forrest Griffin to a degree rampage when he was not trying to go out there and beg people to to stand with him you know what i mean like we were in that in that in that interesting period where it was like yo there's the 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 top three guys well correction the bottom three guys could shuffle at any moment because the 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 breakdown of technique was so vast you know yeah, no, I mean, I, I, rem- I remember that it wasn't too long ago. Um, it's unfortunate, but it just seems like it really came down to uh, guys haven't developed the way I think the UFC not. Um, like a guy like Ryan Jimmo, who they brought in, hasn't really developed the star right. like I think they they would have hoped. Um, a guy like uh, Jimmy Manawa, um, they brought in guys, but they just haven't they haven't panned out the way I think they really thought they would. I I agree a hundred percent. It's funny. Because EA Sports announced that they were, um, you know, releasing new fighters for the game for EA for EA Sports UFC, mm-hmm. and one of the guys that they announced that they were releasing was uh, Mark Coleman, and it was funny because it's like when you talk about like Mark Coleman Rampage, who's going to be released in the game, which is really really funny to me. Um, you know, you look at guys like Mark <laughs> Coleman Rampage, Chuck Liddell, even Forrest Griffin, love or hate him, and it's like that entire generation. We watched it rise and fall during our lifetimes as MMA fans. It's crazy to me. Yeah, um, it it is crazy. Like how young this sport is. Like we're 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 still technically in the infancy. Well, I mean, in the early twenties of a sport, and yep. it's it's insane how how much it's changed in in such a little bit of time. Well, you know what's funny? I um I wanted to bring this up because it it was it, it it was a shock. It wasn't a shock to hear this, but I just didn't realize that he had fought so much. The um the announcement that Eve Edwards was retiring. Guys fought 17 yeah. years and 66 fights. Started fighting at the age of 17. <laughs> Dude, it, it, it's yeah. like it's um, like we've been watching that guy fight pretty much is most of his career because I remember him fighting in a in a in a in a cavalcade of promotions Elite XC, Shudo, Bellator, Strike Force. Yeah, um, but, I mean, Eve Edwards have been everywhere at one time. He should have been the lightweight champion of the uh, UFC, right? When they didn't have a lightweight title for some reason, that's right. Um, so he, and he should have been a title holder at that time. Uh, but 
Keith Edwards is a legend in the sport, man, and it's unfortunate. I mean, well, it's not really unfortunate. It's good that he realized when to get out. Yeah, well, um, you know what's crazy? He's only 38. He, huh? He's only 38, not so to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's only 38, but his last fight, you know, he got knocked out pretty viciously. Yep. And he, he looked slow, and he looked older. And, he, and I think he uh, the writing was on the wall for him, and it's good that he, he didn't force – he wasn't forced out by health or anything like that. He he just realized, you know what, I'm not as good as I used to be. Let me go ahead and bow out gracefully. Well, you know what's funny about that? Like I said, you look at this guy, I feel like I've watched pretty much Eve Edwards' career in practically every promotion that, that he's fought in. You know, and it and it's just insane. And again, he's thirty eight, I'm thirty four. You see what I'm saying? It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, now, I mean, now. I mean, yeah. Someone like me, I, I'm I've been around for the entire. <laughs> I'm twenty five in two weeks. Like I've been around for the entire existence of the UFC. Exactly. <laughs> which is which is crazy. And then, you know, and yeah, we're dating ourselves and saying that. But you know what it is? We could look back and talk about, yeah, this was the high point. This was the lull. This was the low point. This was when the sport went mainstream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which brings me to um, the Reebok announcement. So for those of you that aren't aware, uh, the UFC, usually the way it works is fighters that fight for the sport have their own sponsorships with various companies. Um, some of the more marquee athletes, the uh, the GSPs, the John Jones, Junior Dos Santos, uh, Anderson Silva, these guys have, have been sponsored by brands like Nike, Under Armour, etc., etc. Um, then other up-and-coming companies have made their name sponsoring some of these fighters, uh, clothing brands like Affliction, Triumph United, um, Tap Out, of course, and a litany of other companies have been a factor in the careers of numerous athletes. So the UFC, there were rumblings that they were going to institute what they were calling a uniform. And basically it would just be, you know, X company would create, uh, you know, shorts and shirts and other apparel for the fighters. And they would add, they would have advertising spots that would be available to advertisers, of course, approved by the UFC, but the bulk of it would be available to the fighters. There were numerous rumblings of companies that were going to be involved. Um, initially, people thought it was going to be Nike. Other people thought it was going to be Adidas. Uh, later on, Under Armour. And earlier this week, it was announced that out of all the companies, it was going to be Reebok. Now, before we get into the specifics, I want to I want to pitch it to you, Ben, because let, let's be honest. Neither you nor I expected it to be Reebok of all companies. No, I, I did not. Um, <laughs> I have other issues with this idea, but um, we not not that there's anything particularly wrong with Reebok. I mean, right. hell, um, when I went out earlier today, I was wearing some crazy apes. So there's not there's nothing particularly wrong with Reebok. It's just this idea of a uh, uniform is quite stupid to me. Uh, uh, it, how can I put this? It it undermines the individual nature of this sport. Right. Forcing a uniform on everybody. Right. And I, it also, like, the the way they, they talk, and this is without seeing the pay scale, so I, I reserve ultimate judgment when I see the pay scale, but for them to say your pay is designated by your ranking, 
kind of makes me worry. Like, what? Who makes the final decision on those rankings? Ah, and that, and, and then I have news on that, and we'll get into that. Yeah, like, okay, well, I mean, I heard that they're going to try to do a new, uh, some kind of new committee, but here's my thing, like, this is supposed to be an individual sport, like, right. this is something that Dana White is always trumpeting, like, when uh, teammates don't want to fight each other, you know, this is an individual sport, blah, 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 blah. Right. If you're forcing everybody to do a uniform, one, you're taking money out of smaller fighters' pockets, because the bigger fighters are all, they're going to make their money. Um. Even even without this deal, they were going to make their money. Uh, the John Joneses, the Ronda Rouseys, the Johnny Hendricks, all the they're going to make they're going to get theirs. Right. Uh, but fighters like a a debuting UFC debuting UFC fighter that hasn't had a fight, how are you designating what he's getting paid if this is based on rankings? And I I would just need to see some sort of pay model because it it just seems like a way for the UFC to make the fighters completely dependent on them for everything. And right. I hate that idea because it. It makes them less likely to unionize. It mm-hmm. makes them less likely to fight for their rights, right? As as fighters or as athletes, because you're you're now forcing them like, well, we we pay you, we 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 control your sponsorships too. Like you can't do anything without us, and and I it's gonna I, I feel like it's gonna draw some fighters to a uh, to a Bellator. I mean, not World Series of Fighting because World Series of Fighting is. Blah. But <laughs> it's going to draw some fighters to a Bellator. It's going to it's going to draw some fighters to well, yeah, Bellator. Like it's going because they're going to be like, well, you can make as much money as you want on the side, plus what we pay you with sponsorships. But the UFC has a cap on that now. Well, here's 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 how it how it lays down. Um, Lorenzo Fertitta said the following, and I quote: "We have come to an agreement." For what we think is a landmark deal for both the sport of mixed martial arts as well as our brand in the UFC, we look at this as Reebok and the UFC are essentially changing the sports landscape again. This clearly has never been done in combat sports. As of right now, it is a six-year partnership, and obviously the, the details were not, the financial terms were not released, but UFC officials said that the agreement represents the most valuable non-broadcast contract the company has ever signed. Now, the way it's going to work is that fight rank, fighter rankings will help determine the pay for fighters. UFC champions will be paid at the highest level per fight, while the remaining fighters will be tiered based on their spot in the official UFC rankings. Fighters rank 1 through 5 will be paid at one level, 6 to 10 at a lower level, and 11 to 15 below that. Unranked fighters will be paid at a base rate. The payments will remain consistent regardless of whether the athletes bout air airs on pay-per-view Fox, Fox Sports 1, or UFC Fight Pass. The new deal means that starting with Fight Week for next summer's UFC 189 in Vegas, existing sponsors will no longer be able to appear on fighter clothing. This includes uh, Fight Night, all pre-fight media appearances, also in-cage sponsor banners will be eliminated. Fighter camps will be outfitted with approved clothing to create a uniform look in athletes' corners. So here's the here's the breakdown. And before, you know, before I pitch it to you, you got to look at this. If you've watched mm-hmm. MMA as long as we have and you take a fighter like Mauricio Shogun Hua, who we all know, as soon as he comes out, he wears the iconic white shorts with bad boy logo. It is his trademark. Yep. It is what he is recognized for. Uh, same thing. Vanderlei Silva as the black shorts. You know, every fighter has a certain look, a certain part of their identity. You know, the Diaz brothers are coming out with metal militia hoodies. They're going to have them on. It's 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 what makes 
exactly what you say, the individuality of the sport, just more endearing. It helps you relate on a different mm-hmm. level. Now all you're going to have is an army of clones coming out. And yes, there's going to be special uh, Reebok merchandise that's going to be relegated to certain fighters. Like, you know, you're going to have your your John Jones champion hoodie and your Ronda Rousey, you know, warm-up jumpsuit or whatever the case may be. But what bothers me is that the fighters are in essence going to are they're going to be carbon copies of one another until they step in that cage which is crazy because these guys they the build up to their fight is only but a factor of who they are as athletes yeah um yeah i mean i just i hate the idea of uniformity in this type of sport like as much as i thought the last bellator show was a clusterfuck um the one of the cooler parts was the interests the 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 different seeing each fighter being different and not they're not all being the same now still still the show was a clusterfuck but it it was nice to see something like that because the UFC kind of has worked really hard to eliminate that right and now like it's 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 clear like they don't want any real individuality because the UFC is not selling fighters it's selling the ufc which is a mistake they've been making for quite some time now that's right and and this is just another step in that direction like it's just another step in that direction of we're selling the ufc we, we don't we the fighter is just going to survive like i mean the, the, the fighter we can interchange the fighters right but the ufc is what sells and i don't believe that nope because every time i i, I want a friend to come watch a fighter we go to a bar watch a fight they're like who's fighting Right. They're not no no one no one's trying to go just go see the UFC. They want right. to know who's fighting. And that's the thing that they're you know, I understand, listen, the NBA makes their athletes dress a certain way for events. The NFL does the same thing. Mm-hmm. But think about this. Guys like uh here here's a good example. You look at a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, and let's say let's use LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. Each one of those guys, yes, they wore mm-hmm. uniforms, but each uniform had an iconic factor about it. LeBron James has his headband. You know, Jordan had his signature yeah. shoe. Uh, Kobe had, you know, the just the colorway for the Laker jerseys and the way that the you know that he wore his shorts or the way he wore his socks. You know what I mean? There were there were visual cues that yeah. went with each fighter. Meanwhile, in MMA, if everybody comes out with a Reebok style hoodie or you know Reebok style fight shorts. They're not they're not going to be able to even add those little touches that make them unique. Then this goes back to what you were saying about Bellator being a spectacle. Bellator was a spectacle, a spectacle, but at least their fighters had entrances. At least if you're going to make these guys dress the fucking same, spend some money on, you know, hey, let's get a nice little ramp or let's get, you know, some big screen TVs, get some cool fight music. Maybe the highlight package behind it as they come out. You know what I'm saying? At least do that. Yeah, it's just so strange to me that this would be something that they, they would think was a good idea. Um, especially because uh, in, is Johnny Hendricks, he's sponsored by Adidas, right? I believe he was, or yeah. Was I, I think he was sponsored by yeah, Adidas. Yeah, he's sponsored by Adidas. Like, you're, you're, you're cutting guys' money. Like, yep. and, let's, and I'll be pissed about Johnny Hendricks unless you're giving me exactly what Adidas was giving me. I don't want this. Like, why would I want this? Well, like, the ch- There's no upside for the fighters with this. Well, the champs are getting whatever higher pay scale there are, but here's here's an interesting thing. 
And it's it's how the rankings are going to be determined with the quote unquote media that's going to be involved. And it's like so random mm-hmm. Brazilian media member number five and, you know, ex radio guy and ex Yahoo journalist are going to have a say in how I get paid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, think about it. Like, I just... like Ariel Helwani. Let, let, let's not kid ourselves. Ariel Helwani, mm-hmm. Karen Bryant. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Let's let's go down the list of the usual. Ron Cruck, Luke Thomas, Luke Thomas, Boss Rutten. You know, it's the usual. You know, there's a certain level of guys that are associated with MMA media that have a presence. So fighters that don't like those guys or those guys that don't like those fighters, those guys are going to be like, yo, really? X dude may have a say in where I place for me to get paid. Like, dude, that's an eye opener in itself. Yeah. I just don't like that idea. And it also makes it harder to incentivize fighters. Like, okay. Conor McGregor is like, what? Like three right now at featherweight. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, he's getting a certain amount of money, but the UFC used to be able to just give dudes money. Like John Jones was Bentley that he crashed was just given to him. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure they can still do those things, but I don't know. This just seems like such a poorly thought out idea to me. Well, you know like, what it, it was? Just, it, it doesn't seem. Hmm? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll finish your thought. It, it just seems like, I don't know what the UFC is planning with this. Like, I, I don't see the upside to doing this. I, I don't see any real upside to doing this because one, you're making your all your fighters individual or taking all the individual individuality from your fighter, right. fighters. And then two, you're 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 allowing pe- people that aren't you to dictate how much you pay them. And this I, is I true. don't like that idea. Well, you know what the thing is too. I, I I have a feeling that this was also a big factor because UFC looked at the big picture. They got tired of guys having improper fight shorts. They got tired of companies like Condom Depot because I'm sure Fox was like, "Yo, really, Condom Depot." You know what I mean? Dude wipes. <laughs> like, listen, I understand you're an up-and-coming fighter. A company calls you, hey, man, we want to throw your logo on there. You know, Bob's Chrysler Ford and Jeep, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're like, listen, I, I got to pay these trainers. I got to pay this camp. I got to pay this. I got to pay that. Fuck it. You know, Condom Depot it is. You know, and and I understand that. But I have a feeling that this was a, a three a three-tiered issue. Fox was like, all right, we're going to we're going to invest in MMA. Welcome to the party. And as soon as they started seeing certain mm-hmm. things, they were like, yo, you know, we're not going to tell you guys how to run your business, but we're going to tell you how to run your business. You get what I'm saying? And it was funny. I, I see. Okay. No, what I, the only thing I want to say is it was funny when Anderson Silva said he stopped being with Nike that when they were like, oh, you know, Anderson, how come you aren't with Nike? You know, it was like, it's normal. And then it was like, you know, as Dana White in the <laughs> UFC. Which means, you know, like Anderson Silva wasn't dropped by Nike. He was told, "Hey, you need to cancel that contract." Ex- with Nike. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's Same and that's the John point. Jones. Like the John Jones losing that contract, I find it interesting when that happened because mm-hmm. I highly doubt Nike would have cut his contract. Yep. Like, I mean, thinking about it now, I highly doubt they would have cut his contract just for that fight. Yep. Like it, it just doesn't seem like something worth. I mean, they've kept people that have actually, like, committed crimes, and he got in a scuffle. Like, it just, it, it, it doesn't seem like that would be the time for them to get rid of you. Yep. Just like that. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, when I when you turn on a UFC event, it's like, 
unless you know who's fighting, dude, you don't know what fucking state they're in. You got no clue about anything because it all looks the same. Like, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Like, like the, the iconic imagery of certain guys. Like, dude, you know, Chuck, Chuck Liddell is remembered for his Iceman shorts with him on them. You know what I mean? Guys like, you know, guys yeah, like I, that. Guys yeah. like, you know, um, like I said, Vanderlei. Uh, you know, certain guys mm-hmm. who just have iconic fight gear. And now it's like, yeah, you guys all look the same. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they're going to like allow like you know variations of different co- like I'm sure they allow all that stuff but God this is just a stupid idea to me like it's just uh, this would not be what I would think would be something that would be be worked on like I don't think it's important yep like at all like work on making stars like don't this is just seems petty to me well that's why I said it it's like you're gonna turn on the TV everything is gonna look the same and it's gonna be drab as fuck. I'm sorry, Bellator was a circus and it was a spectacle. And you know they had you know ex uh, uh, Cheeto Green from from you know from the barrio rapping for certain dudes, and that's fine. But you know at least there was something like you know hey you know King Mo had the chicks with him and whatever. Like you know spend a little money at least if these guys are gonna wear uniforms and shit. Like I said, uh, a simple monitor setup, a decent entrance way. And, you know, some highlight packages and their music, and that's it. Maybe a little pyro, depending on who it is. You know, just, just I, I mean, yes, it's borrowing from, from WWE, and it's borrowing from even from Bellator. But think about it. When you watch wrestling, and a guy like, like John Cena comes out, and you hear that iconic music, and then, you know, his logo, whatever it is, you know what's happening. You get what I'm saying? When The Rock, yeah. as soon as you heard The Rock's beat drop, you knew what time it was. Or the glass break for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Exactly. You knew the deal, and that's where I'm afraid that the UFC is going to lose. Not that they're going to lose their audience, but people are just going to turn it on and be like, who's fighting? I can't tell. Like, obviously, I'm sure people are going to make changes, and they're going to try to make it cool, because Reebok isn't stupid. they got to say, listen, we got to make this shit look good so motherfuckers buy it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure every fighter is going to have their own... Like, even, even the fighters that are just, like, a one-off. Like, I'm sure they have their own uniform or, or their own nice... Like, I'm sure Reebok pulls you aside, like, when you get signed by the UFC, like, okay, what color do you want your shorts to be? Yep. Like, what you want to design? Like, I'm sure they do that. And I'm sure, like, if you get more popular, like, I'm sure Ronda Rousey's fight gear looks nothing like Beck Rawlings' fight gear is going to look. Nope. But definitely not. It's just, 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 just a poor idea to me. Like, like it's just, just not a good idea to me. It's going to be weird, like a guy like GSP, if he comes back, you know, no Under Armour, no nothing, you know, no no Floor de Lis affliction on his shorts, you know? Like, he'll probably have a Floor de Lis, like, because he's Canadian, but it's like, you can't make it look like the one on the affliction logos. Yeah, like, it's just, I don't know, man, it's just... I, I don't know. Like, but, it's, it's a bad idea to me. <laughs> and, and they also, in essence, and people are going to hate me for saying this, they're going to kill all those one-off brands, all those T-shirt companies that, you know, pop up out of nowhere. Oh, they're killing all of those. Yeah, all of those guys are done. Like, Triumph United and Torque. You know, I feel bad for Uriah Faber because he was, you know, he got that Torque shit popping. But it's like, sorry, dude, can't wear that starting next year. Like, and it's crazy because it's like, yo, your corner has to wear that gear no more banners, so you can't even yeah, get like dudes Greg on TV. Johnson, Greg Jackson has his own uh, spot. He's sponsored. Right. Greg Jackson by himself is sponsored. Right. And he and, and in fact, I, I saw an interview today where he was like, yeah, I can't wear this anymore. 
Yep. Like, this is money for me. Yeah, the Bonnie Akai sponsorship. Yeah, that's yep. him. That had nothing to do with his fighters. That's yep. him. And he can't do that anymore. And I, I don't know. It's just, ugh. Like, like it's, it's like, hey, I'm... no need for the uniformity. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm sponsored by Affliction, but I can only wear this shirt as a, at an after party, and nobody can take a picture of me if it's for the UFC magazine. Like, how crazy is yeah, that? Yeah, also, like, I think they're really hurting, really, the business model of all of these little clothing brands. All of them. Yep. Like, they've probably effectively killed probably 90% of them. Damn right. Like, think about it. One one clothing company who's been killing it is Roots of Fight. And whenever you see Ronda Rousey and a lot of these guys, what are they wearing? Roots of Fight stuff. It's like, guess what you can't yeah. do anymore? Support that company who is who's creating awesome designs. Hey, Dana, by the way, you better not be wearing a fucking Bruce Lee t-shirt at the fucking weigh-ins. Right? <laughs> Let's be realistic. No, well, he, he probably will be able to. Like, no, fuck kidding. that, like, man. He's able to. <laughs> fuck that. If 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 nobody else can wear it, neither can they. Cause that's that's bullshit. Like like you know Joe Rogan wearing like his cool shit. You think Joe Rogan's gonna sit there with some Reebok fucking t shirt? Joe Rogan has a deal with Affliction. There you Joe go. Rogan has his own deal with Affliction. <laughs> he has a deal with Affliction. I think he has a deal with On It. It's like yo, he's not gonna be able to rock a On It t shirt. Nah, none of them can <laughs> rock any of that shit anymore. If, if this is really what you want to do. Like, yep. you need Reebok needs to start making button ups. Ah, uh, dude, Joe gonna, Rogan on the floor. <laughs> dude, dude, Joe Rogan's dude, gonna have to start being at the weigh-ins. Like, all right, I'm gonna wear this Reebok shirt, and as soon as that shit is done, as soon as the tape is done, he's gonna be like, all right, this shit's gotta come off. <laughs> like they're gonna like yeah, Reebok man, is gonna I mean, be hated, it's, and it's not even gonna be their fault. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. It's just ah, uh, stupid idea. Just, just stupid idea. Just. This is, uh, I, and I'm sure they've thought about all this, but to me, it just seems like I, I don't know why you would want to do this. I, I agree 110%. I, I did, um, you know, I, it's something we're going to be watching. We still got one whole year to go, and I'm sure as the year moves on, they're going to start showing us samples. Because there have been samples, like Dana White's been kind of leaking samples on Instagram. Like, yo, this is how this is going to look, and here's an idea of what this is going to look like. And I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe. It's like, I haven't worn a Reebok product since the pumps when I was a kid. And even now, I, mean, I got, you know, grown ass adult, I'd wear Reebok them. Shoes. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you're like, going to have to go hard. Kamikazes. There you go. Those, those are, that, that's a solid pickup. It's not, yeah, I got some kamikazes. That's it. That's the only, <laughs> and I got my pumps. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I haven't worn anything Reebok in a really long time. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. But, you know, we, we, we got a year to go and they're going to definitely work their hardest. The only thing that's going to make them stick out more is that, you know, you'll be able to buy UFC T-shirts at Moldell's, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be fine. You know, Dick Sporting Goods without having to go to UFC.com. And that's fine. But eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not. Interested. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, unless the uniforms look really cool. I mean, I'm not. I haven't been one to wear MMA clothing uh, for the most part, anyway. But unless unless the outfits look really cool and maybe, maybe they come out with a signature shoe that's worth wearing, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe? I mean, I got a decent. I, I had a decent stable of you know affliction shirts, extreme couture shirts. You know, just because you know I was supporting the sport, and then now that I'm a little older and my hair's a little grayer, I'm like, yeah, I got to put all this on eBay. 
All yeah. of it's got to go. You can't be wearing bedazzled shirts. Like. <laughs> nah, man. That's one thing I never did. But, you know, I'd, I, 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 I have a, you know, the Rampage shirt with all the wolf heads on it. You know, like shit like that. Yeah. I got, you know, because I got to support those dudes. But, yeah, I don't know. But um, I want to I want to switch gears for for two reasons. So Vanderlei is going to mm-hmm. appeal his lifetime yeah. ban. <laughs> He's going to appeal his lifetime ban. And his lawyer seems to have a pretty plausible argument. But I'm just like, dude, I just. It, what, what was the argument? I haven't heard. This. He goes like this. He says, and I quote. Uh, he he said to MMA Junkie, he um, it's an appeal to a judge to hear this legal issue that the Nevada State Athletic Commission gave short shrift to. They didn't even address it. They just said motion denied. The whole thing has just been one big kangaroo court. Now we're about to get a real hearing. That Nevada State Athletic decision, uh, Athletic Commission decision was predetermined. He said that they're going to get a court date in January or February, and what's going to happen is that. They're saying Vanderlei, he says, they're saying Vanderlei was running from the tester, but they're running. They took the full 60 days to file the official ruling against Vanderlei Silva, which just delays it. He And he was like, it took me a day to file my petition. Now, one of the arguments that they're saying is that they didn't have the authority to discipline him because he was unlicensed at the time that he allegedly evaded the test. What that <laughs> uh, what? How, what? How the fuck does that even matter? You're about to compete. The, you're, how the, Dude, lawyers, what? man. Lawyers. Hashtag lawyers, man. <laughs> how the fuck does that even matter? You're about to you're about to go punch another man in the face for money. Yep. They should be able to test you. Yep. Like what you ran away from the test, which clearly to me, not a lawyer, um, I do I mean I do have my well working on my degree in criminal justice but that seems like an admission of guilt to me yep it seems like a clear admission of guilt yep. that you sprint dead sprint out the back door to not get tested and that's then, right uh i've i've been a huge vanilla fan in fact like ironically like the first highlight video i ever saw my girlfriend when i was trying to get her to, to understand what MMA was was like van like an old vanilay highlight on youtube like three or four years ago right been a huge Vanderlei fan, but this shit, the way he's going about this, like, dude, shut up, dude. Stop, the lawyer, stop talking. When the lawyer because said that, the more that, you talk, the more like, huh? When the lawyer said that, and I saw it on MMA Junkies page, I'm like, wow. Yeah, like the more him and his lawyer talk, it's like y'all don't understand how the world works. Nope. Or especially Vanderlei, like Vanderlei's whole the UFC's not letting me find anywhere. Yeah. Because you're still under contract. Right. So legally, they don't have to let you do anything. That's correct. Ever. <laughs> the U- and the UFC is really vindictive. If they really wanted to, they could sue Vanellay for the rest of his life. Like they're doing Ken Shamrock. Yep. Ken Shamrock still stands the UFC. Yep. It's true. <laughs> like, but but it's just, and, it's and just crazy, honestly, the argument. at this point, I wouldn't even blame them that much. Dude, the argument is just insane. Like, oh, yeah, well, even if he did, and, and it's like, even if he did run out... He wasn't licensed. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did that really just appear as text on my screen? I'm like, I, I just can't do it. Why did, like, why does that matter? I don't understand why that matters. It's it's ridiculous. But this this next bit of MMA news will trip you out even more so. So um, if, if you've been following wrestling casually, you know that Brock Lesnar, his Brock. contract with the WWE 
is allegedly going to end after WrestleMania 31. So rumors have been running rampant mm-hmm. that Brock Lesnar was going to leverage that and either make a play to go back to the UFC or use that that incentive and get more money out of WWE. So Scott Coker comes out of nowhere today and um, he's like, yeah, well, you know, he did an interview with Ariel Helwani, big shocker, and he was just like, oh, I guess our video dropped out. There we go. Um, he says to him, he said, he says to Ariel Helwani that depend, considering how much money we got, there's no athlete that's out of our reach. If Brock Lesnar wants to fight and he moves the needle, we could make it happen. And as I read that, I'm like, that was pretty much a shot getting fired. Because he was pretty much saying, like, listen, we got deep pockets and we can make a run for this dude if we wanted to, which was crazy to me just because Brock Lesnar's contract's not up yet. You know, uh, Jim Ross said that Brock Lesnar's healthy, healed and can probably make Mm -hmm. a jump to the UFC. And as soon as I read that, I said the same thing that I've mentioned before. And you'll probably agree. What good is a jump to the UFC if you don't go to a camp that teaches you how to get hit in the face and accept it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah Brock Lesnar not coming back to the UFC he, he's not coming back uh, or though it will I mean Brock Lesnar is kind of like a dude that likes easy stuff he could go to Bellator and be their champion don't get don't get me wrong dude you know money, Bellator but, Bellator will get that fight between him and Bobby Lashley immediately yeah that'd probably be his first fight him and Bobby Lashley that's then it they'd probably make him fight Tito Ortiz or something oh my like, god is this yeah, it's just, I could see those things happening. The yep. problem with all these things are, is uh, he's not coming back. Uh, <laughs> I like what Scott Coker said, though. Yep. Um, I mean, yep. uh, competition is healthy for MMA. Um, yes. It is, it is healthy. I don't think fighters are going to be knocking on the door, though, to go to Bellator. Not um, yet. For a number of reasons. Um, but, I mean, if, if they're throwing really real money out of people, I, I could see them pulling pulling some guys. I just I just don't think they're going to be. His logic, like if John Jones' contract comes up, even though I think a lot of fighters like that aren't contracts aren't coming up, but if his contract comes up or or Ronda Rousey, they ain't getting them. No, those but like a guy like I don't know a guy like Robbie Lawler's contract comes up and he's not champion. Honestly, I don't think they get him either. But I mean, there's guys that will come up and they'll be able to get them. Ben, did you drop out? I'm uh, still there. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't hear that last yeah. part. You said uh, Robbie Lawler, and then oh yeah, 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 like guys of that level, like guys of Robbie Lawler, and uh, the, I'm trying to think of somebody else at his level, but so guys of that level, I, I think they'll be able to get. But like the champions and stuff, they're never getting to that point where they can even <laughs> be negotiated for. Well, you know what? So, what I mean, I, I like that Scott Coker felt the need to say it. Yep, or said it. I, that's that's exactly why I wanted to bring it up. I do feel that his acknowledgement, like, listen, we got the money don't test us was a good way to do it. But um, to kind of close things out and bring it full circle, I got to say the money isn't the issue. It's what your identity is as a promotion. You get what I'm saying? Like you can have all the money in the world, but if you're going to have all the theatricality and stuff that made pride great, then you need to stick with that. Like every show needs to have, you know, the really nice studio setup, all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Don't get, you know, Chingo bling or whoever rapping, with these dudes, but like everything else, the spectacle, all that stuff that you want to add. Great, but stay consistent with it. Don't, don't, don't reinvent the wheel every couple of months. Cause nobody's going to stick with you at that point. 
yeah, like I'm, I'm really hoping that the uh, the next show they do, uh, which sounds like an excellent show, but you know, Paul Daly fighting uh, Diego uh, Douglas Lima, and yep. um, uh, you know, there, there's some really good fights on the show. I'm really hoping they they stick to the action because it was refreshing to see. Now, do I think some of it is like the the children rapid mosh, yeah, uh, Eminem's mosh, which was creepy, or stitches, all with the lip syncing. Like, that stuff was clusterfucky. But the rest of the show was interesting and, and fun. Yep. And I hope they stick with that. That's that's what I'd like to see. And like I said, I like that Scott Coker acknowledged the fact that, hey, I got Viacom's checkbook. Like, I could grab whoever. And I'll be honest, Viacom knows. I mean, that's one of the things that made TNA successful when Viacom was involved, that they were like, oh, you guys want Sting? Done. You guys want this guy? Done. Oh, this other guy? Yeah, he's a good draw done you know because that helps but again the only way you're going to make a credible run at the ufc is that you create a consistent product and continue to deliver highlight real fights like paul daly douglas lima is a fight that everybody's going to tune in just because it's ridiculous you know and while we're on the subject of paul daly um josh koscheck mm-hmm. will not be fighting neil magny he's going to be fighting jake ellenberger Ooh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there goes that. That's probably going to be it for contracts. I mean, well, then again, Dick Ellenberger is uh, hit or miss. Yeah, he should be able to knock out Koscheck. He, he should be able to do that. Yep. So I figured that'd be a good way to close it out. Uh, Josh Koscheck takes on Jake Ellenberger at UFC 184, February 28th in Los Angeles. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, he, he, he should be able to knock out Koscheck. And if he can't, then it's. Time for him to go. <laughs> hey, Scott Coker said he got them deep pockets. Remember that. <laughs> um, just to, to wrap things up, how how the uh, how are we doing with Double H and D? I know that you've been uh, getting some shows out now on a consistent basis. Yeah, um, we did a show last last Wednesday. Last I think last Tuesday. Yeah, we had a sh- yeah last Tuesday. Yeah, we had a show last Tuesday. Um, probably won't be the one this week uh, due to work. Uh, but uh, we, we're we're trying to get them out more consistently. Uh, anybody that wants to listen, you can go to double H and D backslash or excuse me Mixler dot com backslash double H and D. Hit up our show reel and 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 listen to the show. Um, but yeah, uh, we we've uh, we we probably gonna have, we we will have a show next week. Uh, just this week, both our work schedules kind of made it where it's, it's hard. But uh, yeah, we're we're working on it, trying to get trying to get it good. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I mean, uh, the improvements are there. Um, you know, they can, people can find you on Twitter at blackout eighty nine. I did want to ask you this um, to wrap things up. Uh, you know, you you guys are are covering sports on on double H and D. Where do you stand with um, mm-hmm. the St. Louis Rams with their acknowledgement of the Ferguson situation on field? I thought it was cool to see. Um, right. I think a lot of the people who who are complaining about them doing it are um, missing the point, I, I feel like. Well, it happened um, for the Olympics. Remember I, when I they feel, did the, the Black Power for the Olympics? Yeah, the Black Power Fist. I, I thought I thought the police union chief or whoever he was uh, was very out of bounds with his statements. Um, it doesn't particularly matter uh, what the facts were. Or it doesn't particularly matter um, how the case played out in court. Right. Um, if, if these guys felt like they wanted to make a statement, they should be able to make said statement. And you threatening... Oh well, uh, I think he said something like the people that are looting and rioting don't pay uh, to go see the San Luis Rams. Um, 
you mm. won't have any proof of that. Yep, <laughs> like, you don't. So, like, it's, it's just a it's a baseless statement. And and I found it, I found it really pompous for him to be like they need to be punished. And um, I I, I didn't feel I felt like the team did a good job at not actually apologizing. They they were like we're sorry you're offended. Yep. But we're not sorry they did it. And right. and I, I like that they did that. I I like that they supported their players because they didn't have to do that. Well, I, the reason I brought that up also is just because it falls in line with what we were talking about with the with the Reebok deal about individuality. It's like you're not reflecting on yeah. the sport poorly because you're not doing something tasteless. You're just like, hey, we're yeah. acknowledging something that's a sensitive issue and we feel like X. You know, you either agree or you yeah. don't agree, yeah. but but it didn't it didn't hinder the game. It didn't do anything. People are like, oh, OK, that's where you stand. You know, like it's like I said, it's no yeah, different it, than, it, than the Black Power Fist. It's no different than, you know, yeah. writing a person's name on your shoes or your cleats. You know what I mean? Like it's it's within reason that it's a it's a freedom of yeah. expression and it's not a detriment to the game. But I wanted to bring that up because, like I said, it's a, it's a, it was a great, it, you know, considering how, how you guys really address sports on on double H and I definitely wanted to make sure your your thoughts on that were heard. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's uh, it's an interesting time right now in America. So, yeah, well, you, um, you know what it is. I, it, just to just to preface that, I will say it's it's an interesting time depending on where you stand. And the reason I say this is because yeah. it's an interesting time because people are quick to judge, but they don't they don't take time to disseminate all the information. And what happens mm-hmm. with that is it creates more conflict. Like what I was saying, what, what we were talking about. Uh, in the monologue last week where I said, I'm like, listen, you may not agree with what happened in, you know, in, in Ferguson and you may, you have the right to express yourself, but that expression shouldn't be, you know, burning down some poor guys, some poor ladies hair salon. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. And the, the the same thing here in New York, you know, with the Eric Garner situation, like, you know, there's people protesting in times square and, and various places and, you know, it's the right way to do it. You want to protest. That's great. That's the right way to do it. But don't, don't burn down nobody's house. You know what I mean? Don't throw a, a yeah, brick that, through a that, window that. and steal a TV. Don't do that. Like, like that's all I'm saying. But that's yeah, why it was that, good. No, I said it, it was good to yeah, that, discuss that because you live down south too. You know? Yeah, that was my big point. Like, if you're going to protest, it's great that that people are, are organizing and protesting. It's just unfortunate that a lot of the the peaceful protests are not getting seen because we're focusing on people looting and rioting, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's taken away. I think of the the message. So there you go. So but, um, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's going to be something that I'm sure I'm sure you'll you'll touch on on Double H and D, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it in passing. Um, like I yeah. said, people can find you on Twitter at Blackout eighty nine. If you want to check out Ben's Double H and D show, um, they talk sports, they talk geek culture, uh, they you know they definitely talk hip hop. Uh, definitely a lot of great stuff there. If you're a old school hip hop fan or even a new generation hip hop fan. Check them out, M-I-X-L-R dot com forward slash double H. That's two H's N-D. Anything else you want to add? Yep. Nope, that's it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you calling in as always. All right. Thanks, man. All right, brother. See ya. All right. That was our very own Ben. Let's uh, get ready to switch gears and jump into some wrestling for this week. Um, Like I said, wrestling this week, very, very hot topic, much like MMA with the, uh, the Reebok deal. Um, before I, I, I hit the drop for wrestling, I do got to say the same thing. If you want to participate in any of our segments, three, four, seven, three, two, four, three, five, four, one is our call in number. If you want to participate via the chat, you can go to mtrlive.com 
or gfqlive.tv. Just throw your name in there, jump in the chat, and join the conversation. As always, we will read your commentary on air to get the ball rolling. So again, 347-324-3541, 347-324-3541, if you want to call in and participate, or you can go to the show chat at mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv. Let's get that ball rolling and jump into some wrestling. Booker T, take it away. We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga! As always, My Take Radio's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWEShop.com. Use our promo code WWESAVE10 to save $10 on orders over $70 or more. We also have other specials, which you can find on MTR, on MTR excuse me, on MyTakeRadio.com and RageWorks.net. If you want free shipping or you want to save money on any of your holiday orders, please make sure to check out the banners on the sites. Click them. Helps us. And, of course, allows you to get some deals on all your favorite WWE merch. Again, sponsor for our wrestling segment is WWEShop.com. All right, so let's get into the Raw side of things first before we jump into the other wrestling news. Uh, This past Monday was Cyber Monday. And as such, they, um, they brought back the anonymous Raw general manager. Now... The anonymous Raw general manager is a love-hate thing for me personally because if you're going to do it with a payoff of letting us know who the manager was, that's great. But considering how, you know, how not well-received his tenure was, it was something that obviously with the Cyber Monday theme, it was apropos, but utilizing it beyond that would definitely be a recipe for disaster because like I said you know, it all it did was really just give Michael Cole more screen time. And besides the fact that it was a big fuck up that when they did go to the laptop, basically it was Michael Cole just reading text on a screen. The least you could have done was have some sort of IM window, whether it was a Skype window or a messenger window, whatever the case may be, and just have the stuff being messaged to you to make it fall in line with the anonymous GM alert. And the reason I say this is because it's little things like that that people do notice. And as soon as the camera pound uh, it went, you know, around the screen and showed the the screen on the laptop, and I saw that, I said, "Man, it's little things like that that they really should tighten up and try to just avoid happening." Because people notice things like that, and it really doesn't do the gimmick any favors. In any event. Um, the anonymous raw general manager got the ball rolling with Michael Cole, which of course brought out John Cena, who proceeded to pretty much derail, um, the, the entire, uh, I don't even want to say the entire GM segment, but it really just made the GM a non-factor. In addition to that, you know, he brought out Seth Rollins, which of course led to a lengthy exchange between Rollins and Cena but also validated that Seth Rollins is improving consistently on the mic. Of course, this led to 
Rollins and J&J Security attacking John Cena, which of course led to the Survivor Series teammates of the of each respective guy coming out and getting involved. So, with that said, I want to get into the um the matches and I've just been informed that John Blade is on the line, so let me bring him in as well. John Blade. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the party. How's it going? So, where do you stand with the anonymous GM? Helpful or hindrance? I it's I thought it was really like you said for for the day being Cyber Monday it kind of made sense right but the fact that they brought back the anonymous GM after you already revealed what anonymous GM was just kind of felt stupid for lack of a better word well it, I'd say with the hindrance is because it, it felt like it felt it kind of felt like a slap in the face I took it personally like <laughs> oh you you're bringing back the anonymous GM who isn't so anonymous. Well, for those for those unfamiliar with the angle, please inform everyone who the anonymous GM was, or or led, or or was, or who we more led to to believe. A funny hornswoggle after months of months of that annoying uh, ringtone going off, and Michael Cole turned out the genius behind all of it was hornswoggle. There you have it, folks. Hornswoggle is your anonymous GM. There you go. Now, here's the, the thing that bothered me. Like I said, just the panning around and just pretty much seeing a text document <laughs> on the screen. I'm like, I'm like, damn, you can't even get like I am and just have Vince fucking messaging you the shit. Even if it's Vince messaging you what's on the text document on AIM or whatever it was like, fuck, at least do that. So it looks legit. It's like, yo, I didn't know that the word document got auto updated. Like it just made no sense to me. I'm like, yo, are 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 you guys kidding me with that shit? They really, they. I guess they also knew how stupid the whole angle was. They put minimal effort into it. It's like it's Cyber Monday. Put out the anonymous GM. Let's get this over with. Well, besides the fact that he pretty much got cock blocked, <laughs> John Cena was like, yeah, whatever, shut up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're just gonna close that out. Nothing. Now, the the tag the team turmoil. The day. Yeah, I mean, John Cena was just like, yeah, we we're not having this shit. But um. The opening match, the tag team turmoil match, I have I have issues with this. First of all, the New Day was supposed to debut on Raw, but instead they debuted them on mm. SmackDown, which nobody pretty much watches on Fridays. And uh, that but, was a... So they debuted on Raw when you get down to it. Yeah. And um, not only do they, they debut on Raw in a multi-tag team match, but they lose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not, not only that, but... Adam Rose and the Bunny are a tag team legitimately. And when did Tyson Kidd and Cesaro become boys to do tag team matches? Like, like I understand. Those are, those are all very good questions. Like, like, and this was some of the stuff I wrote in the three R's column, which saw its return this week. And it was those things. Like, I understand that your tag team division was weak, but fuck, you know, you mean to tell me that you don't have guys that you could pair together and fucking make them wear matching ring gear for a couple of weeks, you're joking, right? Seriously. I guess not, but I, I I feel like they kind of just threw this together for the new day, but that wouldn't make sense considering having them lose. Right. But um, it's like for like a debut, it wouldn't make sense. Like, all right, you wanna you wanna do something interesting with them since it's their first time, but then you do that and then you have them lose. It's just kind of counterproductive. It really was, and and you know, I mean, I liked I liked the tag team finisher. I really would like to see the new day adopt the the free birds rule. You know where the they can any any members yeah. can do it. You know, same thing like NWO style, and I think that would work. But I just feel that 
first of all, I don't understand why Xavier Woods has a priest scarf on his ring gear when he comes out. Because last time I checked, he wasn't any sort of a pastor of any kind. Unless that, that college degree he had made him a pastor magically. That's number one. Number two, Biggie shouldn't be worried about wearing a jacket. He should be worried about wearing longer trunks. And uh, Kofi Kingston is just like, my gear matches with everybody else. Happy to be here. Like, like I, you know, the happy-go-lucky thing. Like, when the when the stable was coming together and they cut that promo of, listen, you know, pretty much that veiled, they don't push us because we're black promo. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, we're going to get something we're going to get something unique that you don't have to make them heels, but you don't got to make them faces either. You just have to make them aware, you know, like, like it should, it should, there should be nothing wrong with Biggie saying, you know, I've beaten some of the best in this company and I never got any opportunities. You know, is it, is it because I didn't fit the yeah. stereotypical mold? Is it because I didn't have a colorful t-shirt and a matching hat? Like you don't even got to say it's a black thing or a white thing. It's a kick in your ass thing. Yeah, they, they, it kind of seemed when they first did the uh, promo, it kind of seemed like they were going around, then it just turns around. It, it kind of reminds me of, um, not to this extreme, but Brodus Clay and then the Funkasaurus. Yep. So, yeah, we got this big monster coming. It's going to be Brodus Clay, and then he comes out with the Funko backwards and everything. It's like, oh, so this is what we've been waiting for. It's, but um, if, you, like, when you, if you don't take all that into, if you don't think about it, I, when they debuted, on Monday, it actually seemed like they were having fun. Yep. So I think that's what get, that's what got me most interested. They, oh, they're, they're having a good time and they're wrestling, but they lost. But um, it, it seemed like they were having a good time. But you bring up that they made it seem like it was going to be more of a serious stable. Yep. So I have mixed feelings about it. I feel I feel it's too early to make to give an opinion on them considering they've only been around right. for a week. Yeah, I mean, I my my opinion on them is you need to not just make them. Ha- again, happy-go-lucky, shucking and jiving dudes. Like, like we don't need that. I don't need wrestling gospel singers. Don't need it. I don't need Jesse Jackson promos ah, and the whole... Don't, don't need that shit. I don't need it. I don't need R-Truth with spray-painted pants from 1997. Don't need that shit. Don't. Oh, yeah, R-Truth was on TV this week. Exactly. Don't need that shit. And then it was like, as soon as the match started progressing, I said the Usos are just going to win this. And the fact that they won so that they can use Jimmy Uso's relationship with Naomi for angle advancement again, total divas bullshit. The only high point was the Miz getting the shit slapped out of him. <laughs> like, he slapped the holy like ghost out of him. It was it was it was good, you know. I, I liked it. That was that was good. But I just felt that utilizing Naomi again, talented diva who can go pretty far for angle advancement purposes, was a waste. Yeah, and I then like total, I felt like being on total divas in general is just kind of like a bad thing for yep. divas division. Yep. If, if you're on that show, you're pretty much screwed. You're not going to have anything good going for you. Nope, pretty much. And then you know, all of a sudden, the revision is history. All of a sudden. Uh, um, Eric Rowan went from extra in deliverance to magical genius. Like, huh? Like, oh yeah, you know your 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 IQ is 143, and you're an expert winemaker. What? This is a motherfucker who wore a sheet mask and moved around like Michael Myers. What? Are you kidding me? 
Like, I understand you're trying to repackage him, but don't make it so stupid. I always felt Eric Rowan was going to be, like, the, the the weak one of every once they split up. I was like, Bray and then Luke and then Eric Rowan was going to be, like, the bottom of the barrel. It's just like, we'll make it up as we go along with Eric Rowan. It's like, at this point, you should just be in a tag team with fucking Sheamus. That's it. The Gingers. Dude, the Reds. Especially because there's a rumor, and I noticed that they addressed it on Raw, WWE filed a trademark for Big Red, which, by the way, he was called that on television. So, unless this motherfucker's coming dressed up like chewing gum, no. (laughs) The Undertaker was called Big Red when he was running Booger Red by fucking Jim Ross when he was in the real hardcore biker gimmick. And no one had any idea why that was. It was, it was um, stupid. Uh, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan. I don't see him going too far. Poor Eric Rowan. I just I see him being just... like mid-card for life. Yeah, mid-card. He, he, he's, uh, he's Ginger Great Kali right now. Whenever somebody has a mystery opponent, it's going to be Eric Rowan. He's going to be like New Kane. What's his way? They're having a stairs match at TLC? Yes, a stairs, stairs match. It's like, I, all I, I don't said know, was... I don't, I don't understand the concept of a stairs match. I said, please, dear God, let the stairs be hanging from a pole. <laughs> Just a giant, giant pole with stairs on a hook. Please let that be the case. They I, need to I, do something stupid, like have them, like, it's a race up to, like, a, the third floor of a, type, of a flight of stairs. Uh, it's it's just terrible. I just hope that they have all the stairs there. <laughs> I just hope that all the stairs are on the, on the entrance ramp. And they just start hitting each other with fucking chairs. I, it was, it, I, I just can't, dude. I can't. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's pretty much as, as, as legitimate as it gets that they just don't give a fuck about any pay-per-view that's not one of the big four. We're going to have a stairs match because that's hardcore. Tables, ladders, and chairs. That means next year it's going to be TLCS. That's what that shit's going to be. Oh, this shit already, she had already started that before with all the stairs that they used. Yep. There you go. Bring tables, bring ladders, bring stairs. Well, you know what's funny? You know, between that and and then the funny thing, and I was telling I was telling my wife about this about the um the WWE app. Whenever they do anything relating to the app, they pretty much reference or try to drop as many hints as possible of who they want you to vote for. Like last <laughs> week, it was like, hey, you guys don't want to see J and J security out there. That would be great if those guys got an opportunity. They got the entire time since they since they started wrestling. Yep, it's like it's like the thing with with um, the divas match. It's like yeah, you know they had Naomi on TV. She got the card from the Miz. Jimmy Uso slapped the Miz, and then it's like Naomi's going to be in a match with blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you guys just want people to vote for Naomi. (laughs) I feel like it's always been like that. Like they'll give you. Like, they'll give you three options. Two options are completely bullshit. Like, no one wants to see that. And then, all right, this is the match we all know you are mildly interested in, so we're going to reinforce this throughout the entire show just to give you guys a false sense of power. Yep, because don't get me wrong. I voted. I was like, fuck it. Let's get Natalia on TV for a little bit. So I voted for. <laughs> Slick goes, the app votes are rigged. I was not even able to vote. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it was just, it, you know what it is? It's, it's the, um, the, 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 the underlying psychology. Like, we're going to show you who we want you to vote for. It's like, here's these two hamburgers. One doesn't have a bun, and one does. Doesn't that bun look tasty? Shit, I'm going to vote for the one with the bun. Like, that's how it is. It's like, are you going to vote for Alicia Fox, who's garbage, or Natalia, who's 
pretty much getting jobbed out every week. So yeah, let's just go with Naomi. Yeah, I remember they did it once, and like they, used, I think it may have been the app, and then all the voting, and then they got the wrong vote. Yep. I think yep. it was like the one with Evan Bourne and Sin Cara or something yep. like that. They had to take the and, L on that one. Yeah, so it's just like, all right, no more voting, no more. Nope. Can Can you explain to me why Fandango looks like Don Flamenco from Punch Out? <laughs> like, who told that yeah. motherfucker it was a I, good idea <laughs> to to become Hispanic? Or you know, it's like it's like did he did him and the Matadors decide, yo, we're just gonna we're just gonna do this and it's gonna work. And on top of that, it's like, why does Rosa look like one of the zombies from The Walking Dead? Like, when does she stop eating and become a corpse? Like, yo, shouldn't Rick Grimes be shooting you? <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, what I'm happened? For an excellent uh, celebrity guest host, dude. I was like, yo, what happened to you? Like she was, I saw her, you know, one once in a while on Total Divas. It's like, all right, you know, they're trying to get her back on TV, and it's like now she looks like a coat rack with a flower on it. Um, the whole fandango thing is weird because like when they first day I did think during Survivor Series, I'm like, all right, this isn't bad, and then it's like, all right, come in, leg drop, and have Rosa dance around you, and it's just like, what? Besides the fact that his whole match with Jack Swagger was done for the sake of getting Rusev over, which I said to myself. Oh, that's great. We're just going to job out Jack Swagger again. Luckily, they allowed him to, you know, not get his ass kicked in Oklahoma where he's from. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of, it, it it's just like the read. It's like, I feel like I've seen this all before, and that's because I have. Like yep. Jack Swagger versus Rusev. You don't, there's only so many American wrestlers <laughs> that you can have fight Rusev before. Everyone else like, man, we got, we, we got Jack Swagger. Who else we got? We got Mark Henry, but he's black. Yeah, but he represents America. Why? Because. fuck it dude just put hogan in the mr america mask and send him out send him right out they should have picked up kurt angle they should have picked up kurt angle even even if kurt angle became jack swagger's manager fuck it i'll take it you stole my entire moveset but i got your back man there you go i got you man dude fucking bring back shelton benjamin for a match (laughs) i'd be be pretty badass actually yep like rusev issues an open challenge back here man charlie hawes Dude, Rusev issues an open challenge, and Team Angle, come, the world's greatest tag team, comes out and whoops his yeah. ass, dude. I'd be hyped, yeah, dude. No, I, I, I would I, be hyped. I, I, I felt like Rusev had like a lot of potential, and then this is like, they, there's not too many guys you could put against him. Like John Cena is about the only guy you got left, and he's not going to be anywhere near Cena. Not yet. Well, it's either going to be John Cena or Ryback. No. Yeah, and it's like, eh, yeah. I'd like, I'd love. He had he had the potential, but I'm losing faith. <laughs> You're losing faith? losing faith. Don't don't get me wrong, dude. When he beat up Concessions Kane last week, I was I was like, yo, that shit's hilarious. The big guy is hungry. <laughs> hey, hey, the big red monster. How about some nuts. big red ketchup? You forgot your nuts. <laughs> like I'm like, all right, this works. It's just it's just weird. And then you know, the um the Damian Sandow match with Fernando, I'm like, oh wow, Damian Sandow wins with the figure four. I'm sure Ric Flair is happy. Because the Miz hasn't won a match with it, we know where that's going. That's leading to the inevitable, the inevitable Sandow face turn. Like you could see that shit a mile away. Yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't like hide that at all. So it's like it's gonna be a minute before Miz is gonna flip out on them, and it's it'll be great, but it's it's all obvious. Yeah, but at that point, let's be realistic. What are you gonna do with Damian Sandow once you turn him? Like you better, you know, like like uh. he's one of those guys that. Without his his genius gimmick, like now that he's pretty much the mimic, 
you know, like Big Show dressing up as all those old wrestlers back in the day. It's like once you take that away from him and The Miz, what are you going to do with him? Are you going to repackage him at that point? It's kind of like, it was the same thing after they broke him up with uh after they broke up him and Cody. It's just like all right, Cody's going off in his own thing. Yep. And Miz, I mean, stand out stuck in purgatory. Yep, pretty much. So I mean, I hope maybe they'll be able to drag out the Miz and Damian stand out thing for a while, but I don't see like a worthwhile feud coming out of that. Absolutely not. I but, feel um, I feel that the feud will be done in but, like one pay per view. The thing about Sandow is, is they'll probably give him something shit, but he'll make the best out of it. That's pretty much it. I like you were mentioning earlier. We did have an R Truth sighting as he got did the job for Bray Wyatt. Um, nice, nice work with Bray Wyatt doing the Exorcist walk. Definitely cool to see him add that as a constant. But um, the bigger thing was Dean Ambrose uh, doing some furniture remodeling with the rocking chair and just being a complete psychopath about it. I like, I like where it's going. The rocking chair was my favorite. He's he's I like what they're doing with Dean Ambrose, but you know what the problem is that when this feud comes to a close at the pay per view, it's like you don't want either guy to lose. Yeah, like you don't because um, this is this feud with Dean Ambrose is probably like the best out of Bray Wyatt I've seen in a while. Just because Dean Ambrose is like what they're doing. Dean Ambrose is bringing out something in Bray Wyatt that we never seen before. So this is like his, his today. I think this is his best feud. I think, Dean. I mean, they they got to so, do something because it's like once that feud is over, either Dean Ambrose is going to be stuck in mid-card hell or Bray Wyatt's just going to be wasted potential at this point because think about it, either guy, where they go after this feud, unless it's something monumental, they're just, they're going to be stuck. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping at the beginning of the feud this would be a longer, yep. a, a longer drawn out feud, like maybe even till... I'd take at least even to Rumble for another match, but um, because it, it doesn't seem it, it feels like this is either the end or near the end of the feud already. Right. And, and I'm bummed because I want I had I wanted so much from it. I wanted I wanted a deeper feud, but I also wanted it revolving yeah. around Bray Wyatt and the other two guys. Like breaking up the Wyatt family has honestly, in my opinion, even though Luke Harper's a great worker by himself, has done more harm than good because you never got to accomplish more with the Wyatt family. Like, the three of them never got to hold titles at the same time. You know what I mean? You never had them do crazy shit backstage or tie somebody up and throw them in a ditch, you know? Like, they never did anything more noteworthy than what they did in the beginning. And I felt like once they broke up, like, we'd get, like, a decent... Um, listen, Harper and Rowan feud. Like I felt like that was the best I could come out of it. But um, for, it, 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 I, when they broke up, I had really mixed feelings about it. It's just like, like oh man, they, it's it's a good opportunity, but I felt breaking them up, it felt too soon. As long, even though as long as they've been together, it still felt too soon. I agree. I I did want to point out that Mick Foley, I guess, is officially WWE Santa Claus. I guess that's pretty much his his new job. Not the I, GM. I, I, I always thought that was his thing for like life. It's just like now he just has a title. Yep, he's just Santa. He's just, he's just Santa jolly Santa. old Saint Mick now, and he's got his daughter out there with him. You know, yeah. I actually watched. He had um, he has a documentary on Netflix about oh. like Santa Claus, like people who dress up as Santa Claus. It actually wasn't that bad. Well, you know what's funny about Mick Foley? Mick Foley's incredibly talented, incredibly popular with the fans. But I've always felt that after he kind of retired. WWE never figured out the right thing to do with him. Like, he was just always there. 
And I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why he kind of said, listen, I don't want to be the GM because he was like, you know, great. Yeah, like he like he didn't feel that he had anything to contribute, which is odd because you have a guy who's good on the mic and is a serviceable worker. And to think that there's nothing you can do with him other than dress him up as Santa is odd to me. You know, like he should be a, a guest GM Wait. one week. I mean. I guess you also have to consider, like, I'm sure they want him. They, they probably asked him to do some stuff, but it's like, he probably just doesn't want to. It's, you also have to take consideration what he wants to do. They're not going to make him do anything he doesn't want to. Maybe he just wants to, you know, go out, do his comedy tour stick, you know, right on Twitter. He's probably, he's probably enjoying life, just not being full-time part of the wrestling thing. You know what would have been cool if they would have used Mick Foley and he would have came out after that Rollins Ambrose feud, and he would have taken Ambrose under his under his wing, and we would have got the three faces of Foley, where it would have been like Cactus Jack coming out with Dean Ambrose one week, and Dude Love another week, and then Mankind another week, and then Ambrose would have just started learning all that shit. Like he would have used the Mandible Claw as a finisher one week, and the Cactus Jack DDT as another. See, that'd be awesome. But I was, I, I, that would be awesome, but I don't think it fits well. With Dean's character, because like when um Mick Foley, Mick Foley came out like the um, the night the week before they had the Hell in a Cell pay per view, you know Dean went on this huge rant about how he's been there, he's done that, he respects Foley, but he doesn't need him, and I think it's absolutely true. Cause like ha- like the one of the best things about Dean Ambrose is his unpredictability, like he'll just show up randomly. So I think him being alone is better for him. Well, I always looked at it as a payoff with a decent match with Foley if he would have wanted to do it. I think Foley would have put him over. That, absolutely. That'd be a fantastic match. Because think about it. Remember when Foley put over Edge and he speared him through the flaming Edge. table? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, and you know yeah. Foley, Foley was definitely a, 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 a lot older when that happened. Hell, when he was feuding with Randy Orton and Randy Orton spit in his face, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Well, yeah. They had that sick match where um, the RKO into the thumbtacks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, crazy but, stuff. Uh, they they, they could have done something with that, and it, it, probably, it probably wouldn't have been bad. Nope. Um, having Mick Foley do something with Dean. Not at all. I would have I loved I feel, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, you know, it's funny. We got a Paul Heyman sighting because, you know, when Brock Lesnar doesn't have a date on his contract, you know, you can always count on good old Paul Lee to come and stir shit up. And I, I, I like I like the promo. Again, Paul Heyman, God tier on the mic. But um you know, again, no champion, no peace. <laughs> this is like, I feel like we they have to put they have to bring back Brock. I mean they don't have um they have to bring in Paul every now and then so people can remember it's like, Oh yeah, Brock Lesnar is still relevant. Like they have to keep him relevant since he's not on T V. So it's like, Oh, Cena's out there, let's put Paul, let's put Paul up there just to just to remind people that Cena's still the number one contender. I really so, hope... Like, they don't have Lesnar. It's true. I really hope that if Cena beats Rollins, which I really don't want him to do, that Brock Lesnar just comes out and kills him. Kills him dead. German suplex. Yep, German suplex him through the announce table. Yeah. Because at this point... Because I thought about it and I said, logically, if Rollins wins, he's already kind of the number one contender with the briefcase, don't you think? Like I was listening to the logic, like they were like, yeah, so um, John Cena and Rollins and the number one contendership is on the line, and I'm like, for who? For John Cena, sure, but what's it? What's it for Rollins? Unless you know, unless they fucking yeah, try yeah, and play yeah. it off, 
like the case and the and the shot are on the line. That would be something, but um, I f- I feel you can't have Seth Rollins be the number one contender because you had you've had Brock Lesnar decimate Cena. Yep. So it's like you really think Seth Rollins is going to be face Brock Lesnar one on one? No, you're out of your mind. Yep. And not so only I mean, that, I don't think. No, go ahead. No, no, no. What I was going to say is that if Seth Rollins, if they if they really believed in Seth Rollins and they let him beat Brock Lesnar, you know it would be some shit where he hits him with the case and then there's like a curb stomp off the top rope or some shit. Like it's, it's going to be some next figure, level but, shit. Um, and it, it would um, having having Seth beat Brock would be I I, I can I can't really see it because um like what what would that lead into like a feud where like you can't like if Seth beats Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar isn't going to take that line down, so I mean we'd have to we would see more Brock. Yep. Cut like um. So I guess we'd have Cena, Seth, and Brock on the number one contendership. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. It, 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 it would be it'd be an inter- it'd be an interesting dynamic. It would be an Seth interesting beat, just having just have him straight up beat it for a belt. Well, that and also the fact that it would at least show that they really are invested in Rollins as a main eventer. Yeah, he's the future. He really yeah. is. You know, like, 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 it would show that they are invested. But at all signs point to Ro- to Brock pretty much having the belt or main or or retaining the belt all the way to WrestleMania to allegedly drop it to Roman Reigns. Which again, it's gonna take a lot of fire to get Roman Reigns that high up to where the crowd is unanimously enamored by this guy. Like I, you know, I I watch I watch when his reactions, and I say to myself, you can't create a Daniel Bryan phenomenon out of Roman Reigns. It is impossible. And I I I think I feel that the the way they they seem to have it going is like when Reigns comes back, his first guy he's going to be going for is Rollins. Is Rollins. So I guess they'd have to do a thing where maybe Seth. Um, they could have the they could have the match for the briefcase and have Roman Roman Reigns take it from him. Um, I, the most logical thing for me would be Roman Reigns winning Roman Roman Reigns <laughs> winning at Mania and then uh, Seth Rollins, passing in. That would be but, amazing. Like you said you can't. It, it it'd be hard to get Roman Reigns up in the top spot in just three months. In three months, and not only that, but he has to be. He has to be on all cylinders. Like they got him taking all these acting classes and shit. Like that guy has to come back and just be unstoppable for three months. Yeah. Like he has to go in the rumble, eliminate like fourteen guys. <laughs> he has to go into hell in the cell and <laughs> and you know spear somebody through the, the pod. Yeah, spear somebody through the pod, etc., etc., etc. Like it has to be just a, an an. He has to defeat. Here's here's the kicker. He's got to defeat John Cena clean before facing Brock Lesnar. Yep, got to be clean. So he has to he has to, he, he he has to be Cena to get to Brock Lesnar. He has to be yep. him. He has to be him. He has to win everything. And, and you know it's funny because the, they closed out Raw with the six man tag match, and the tag match was good. But again, the inevitable you know everybody using all their gimmicks. The faces are triumphant. Blah blah blah. Not bad but definitely not great. Um, again, Raw felt very paint-by-numbers, and um, the the way that they're pushing it, I said to myself, if this is what you want people to sign up for the network for to see on pay-per-view, 
you're going to need a lot more work. Stairs. That Stairs. is all to say. Stairs on Stairs. a pole. So let's, uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about jo- uh, uh, CM Punk's podcast interview with Cole Cabana, which... You know, like a like a like a little like a little like a little pebble was dropped in a pond on Thanksgiving weekend and the ripples turned into waves and the wrestling world was turned on its fucking head. Now, now before I get into the the intricacies of the interview, where do you stand as a as as a somebody who who, you know, supported CM Punk at one time or another? I I think I I still I've been listening to the interview cuz when he first left, I was Back and forth, it's like, eh, he walked out on us, but eh, he doesn't really know anything. I'm, I'm going based, I'm going, I'm basing my opinion off of going off the idea that everything he said is true. Okay. I'm full punk support, full CM Punk support. I, I, I think, I think he, he was justified in leaving. Okay. But here's, here's the thing. And I, I, I definitely agree that if it's true, it's justified, but I'm also, a believer that CM Punk has a contract and he is an employee. And as such, this is your contract. This is what you got. If you don't like what's going on, then tell him to cut you from your contract and let you go. Don't just decide today's Tuesday and I'm leaving. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, you ever, like he could have said, listen, I want out, write me off TV. I don't give a fuck how you do it. I could get powerbomb through a tape, whatever the case, write me the fuck off. And let me go, and that and therein is yeah, where I, where I felt that I was a little annoyed as a fan, but I also understood as an employee because I have a commitment to my job. I have a commitment to report to work every day, five days a week, and that's it. And if I don't like my job, then I quit, and that's fine. But you, he didn't really quit; he walked out. Okay, see, I I feel you saying, but um. I feel like I, 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 the way the way it seems to me is it's just like like you know you didn't go into it but it's like all like the health issues he was dealing with he was like in a lot of pain he basically left due to his health like he he said himself the main reason he left was because of his health so what what happened with the um, he leaves and they say okay you're suspended and then they fire him they fired him he didn't quit right they fired him because I feel I feel. All the stuff that he was on, no person should have to work under the conditions he was in. Right. Like, there was stuff wrong with him he didn't even know. Right. And And it's just, I, like, as a a person who, who, like, a person who works any day-to-day job, if you're feeling immense pain, you're not going to show up to work. Right. And 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 that's fine. I feel he's still justified, even though he's in sports entertainment. No, no, and and I understand that, but what I'm saying is, Per, per his contract and per his job, he had a certain job to do. And if he didn't feel that the company uh-huh. was doing right by him, um, you know, it's just strange that it's it. I, listen, I just feel that if he would have handled it differently, it would have worked out where it's like what, what Jim Ross said. If you have somebody mediating it, things would have ran a little more. Uh, it would have ran better. But I also mm-hmm. think. I also think that if his if his injuries and his health issues are legitimate, which you know they're, they're, the the way WWE kind of released the um the the medical update with regards to his treatment, I do feel that things would have gone differently. I I also noticed that CM Punk's logic 
is more anger at Triple H than Vince McMahon. Like, everything about that interview kind of pointed at Triple H being more so the bad guy than mm-hmm. than than triple uh than Vince McMahon and it's weird because he said you know he never quit he was fired he left the WWE in January a few weeks after that Vince McMahon informed him via text that he was suspended for 2 months after the suspension ended he said mm-hmm. WWE never contacted him and um Punk reached out for the royalties that he felt were were owed him um he said WWE gave him the runaround then sent him termination papers which he said he got on his wedding day um for the reason for termination was breach not for his hiatus at which said at which point he said WWE had taken things too fucking far as far as like the whole wedding day thing yep okay um the way the way the way the way I figure the way I figure it is if that if that's correct you know he said that you know he had the broken knee uh the broken ribs he had the concussion he had the injured knees um definitely stuff that appears um you know, it, it, it's all legitimate stuff. And in that respect, I do feel WWE dropped the ball. And this is something you and I and, and Quark, we've all talked about. And that's that, you know, the, the scheduling for these guys definitely needs to be altered to avoid burnout and situations like this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... that's like, it, yeah, I, go ahead. Like after, um, after, I, after I listened to the interview a couple of times, I went back and I watched the Rumble match he was in. and. He's like, you can tell, like, every movement he makes, it seems like it's in pain. And there's moments where he's, like, sitting out talking to the refs because he's, he's just, he's hurting everywhere. Like, moves he does, taking hits, like, the shot, like, the kick, oh, not the kick, the hit he took from Kofi, it, he, he was out for, like, the next five minutes. So, it's like, I, I feel everything he's saying was pretty honest just off that match alone, the last match he was in. Right, and that's that's one of the things. Like you know, when he was talking about the the stuff with Ryback and the stuff with um, the staff infection, I said to myself, you know, the staff infection was huge, especially going to a um, an independent physician and the independent physician saying, "Yo, you should be dead." Like if that's documented and that's legitimate, you know, that's documented and he, and there's proof of that. It's like that's a huge, huge misstep for the WWE. Like, yo, you're really letting these dudes. Just, you know, make these diagnoses. You're letting essentially Dr. Nick from The Simpsons run your run your (laughs) run your medical back there. Like, that's the kind of stuff that really, really jumps out. You know, that's that's the thing that jumps out to me that, you know, for for him to say, listen, there's this lump and it turned purple and the doctors are like, yeah, that's kind of got to come out. You know, it's it's like when he said that and I was like, wow, that's that's pretty scary. It's like if that's if there's documentation of that, obviously, which I'm sure there is, it's like that's not good for the company. And it's like if I were the WWE, I'd be more concerned about this part of the interview than why he left, because guys leave due to burnout and stuff. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin is a prime example of that. Yeah. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin's situation is the same thing, did the exact same thing, just walked out one day. You know, it's a, it's crazy. It's crazy because uh, the way I see it, it's CM Punk from an injury standpoint. And again, I'm, I'm stripping away beef with Triple H management, but I just want to talk about the medical side of things from the medical perspective. If the care that he received as an active superstar was as he described, then there's a huge, huge issue 
with WWE and the safety of their superstars. For every guy whose rehab you pay for and for every guy whose career you try to save, if you're letting guys like CM Punk, the guys who are, you know, busting their asses week in and week out, you know, if you're letting them be, you know, treated in such a way, then there's a bigger problem than just Triple H dropping the ball on his run. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, was, I felt. Go ahead. Yeah, I felt like the medical, like the, just the medical thing alone. Yep. Was reason enough for him to be like, yeah, like, and no person should have to go through that. I ag- and, and that's, like, that's that's where I agree. Like, that's where I agree. That was like the biggest, like all the politics, all the back, all the all the all the beef he had with the man's anything. That's 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 normal stuff, but that, the health stuff that's 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 ridiculous. You know, and then I that was like the biggest part of the entire interview. And that's what I was, you know, when I heard the interview, I'm like, there's two sides to every story, his side, WWE side and the truth. And between both sides, there's definite truth there, you know, and looking yeah. at it. And I've said this before, you could do, you know, a staggered roster where certain guys are are on or, you know, are on reserve. Maybe you take a month and you do best of shows for a month and give these guys a break. You mean to tell me you can't do a best of Raw and SmackDown for for the month of December and let these guys rest and then start fresh in the new year? Hire a competent medical staff. Thank you. You know, don't hire Doctor Nick. Oh, that's okay. You're bleeding from your head. Right. Put the bandaid on. Go back out there. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. And then you know, like what he was saying about Vince being an out of touch old man. I agree with that. And the fact that people were telling him he wasn't a draw, I agree with that because Paul Heyman said it himself. He's like, yo, you know how many times people said, yo, this dude is nothing? And Paul Heyman's like, yo, this is the fucking guy. This is the guy. You know, the thing about him saying and, um, him yeah. saying that... Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was saying the thing where he was saying that Vince said MMA was barbaric and then Triple H walking Floyd Mayweather out to the ring. I said to myself, that, wasn't, that was Vince using that as an excuse, but Vince views the UFC as competition. He'll never admit it, but that's what it is because the demographic is the same. You know, it's it's, 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 it's like he's he's not gonna flat out tell you no, you can't go because yep. fuck you with the UFC. <laughs> and that and that's the kind it's, of thing, it, it, yeah. you know. And, it's like, and yeah, like, like you, it's like you you dispute it's like there's there's two sides, but knowing uh, just knowing the company and just how the way things work is. You know a lot of what he said had to be true because that's the way it's just like if you listen not just to Punk the way like former superstars talk and and you know Vince is kind of an asshole right just, I I yeah it's just, I feel a majority of what he's talking about is, is he's being honest it's like he has no reason to lie and and the thing that gets me is um that you know the when they were talking about the whole independent contractor card. And then he was talking about, you know, getting the, getting jobbed out of 12 rounds too. And, you know, saying that triple H thinks he's a piece of shit. None of this surprises me because ever since CM Punk has come into that company, he's never been viewed as a top guy. Never. The only reason he got to where he got was because they realized that, Hey, we have something here. It's the same thing as Daniel Bryan. Do you think that if people wouldn't have been chanting yes and going crazy every time he came out, he would have got to the position he got? Hell. They, the Dan- had, they, had, they had to work. Exactly. To work. That's all it is. And, and the crazy thing is the Daniel Bryan uh, scenario, I almost feel like he was gift-wrapped that scenario because CM Punk was supposed to be the guy in that scenario. 
I can say the answer with Punk gone, they have to fill the spot. So Daniel Bryan was the next best thing. You know, and then the the whole thing about, you know, him saying Ryback was a steroid guy and then Ryback getting pissed off and, and putting all that stuff out there. It's the way I see it is CM Punk benefited from the business and the business benefited from him. But at the end of the day, he's just he just that's just not his thing. And, and Chris Jericho, that happened to Chris Jericho, too. He lost, you know, losing your smile, losing your passion for the business. But in Punk's case, it was one part losing your passion for the business and one part them driving you out of the business. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And, and trying to kill you. Yeah, and trying to kill you because WWE issued a response to um to what CM Punk said in the interview. And he said, uh, Yahoo Sports, you know, they posted an article about it. And... um. Uh, you know, they said WWE takes the health and wellness of its talent very seriously and has a comprehensive talent wellness program that is led by one of the most well-respected physicians in the country, Dr. Joseph Maroon. Now, you notice and in that statement I just read, they acknowledged Joseph Maroon, not Chris Amann, nope. who's the senior ringside physician. So... You know, why would they do that? And that 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 goes back to what you were saying. There's probably some there's probably a significant amount of truth in what he said. Yeah. Now, like they're covering their bases like, oh, yeah, we fucked up. Yep. But, uh, that would, which trust me, it's like we have one we have one bad seed, but overall we're good. It's like, you know, shit happens more or less. Well, the beauty the beauty of that interview, like I said, was that CM Punk, uh, you know, got the opportunity to voice his opinions. The thing that gets me is that he, you know, guys, a lot of people are like, yeah, but, you know, why did he go on Cole Cabana's show? Why didn't he go on Stone Cold's show? Why didn't he go here? Why did he go there? Why did it take so long? Why did he put his guy over? And I, I have one answer for that. CM Punk is, is, is responsible for CM Punk. Him going on Stone Cold's podcast or Jericho's podcast or whoever's podcast, it's only going to serve to fuel the WWE. Because even if he would have gone on Stone Cold's podcast, it would have got attention to the company. By him going on the art of wrestling, whether you love Cole Cabana or you hate him, he gave CM Punk a platform where he wasn't going to be judged. He was going to say what he was going to say. And even though Cole Cabana didn't ask, quote unquote, hard hitting questions, that wasn't his job. His job was, I'm going to give my friend the opportunity to say how he feels. Can't fault the guy for that. It's no different than you wanting to talk about something than me saying, yo, come on air. I'm going to let you rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird that yeah, people yeah, were just looking out for it. Just looking out for a boy. It wasn't much of an interview. It was just he gave Punk a chance to vent. Exactly. Like, because there was no question and answer. It was like, all right, go ahead, nope. bro. Have at it. What happened? Exactly. And, and you know, there's prob- I'm sure there'll be a part two, and I'm sure that CM Punk is at some point going to sit down and really dig deep. And I tell you this much, if WWE were smart, they'd just leave the guy alone. You know what I mean? Don't try and clown him on TV. Just leave it alone. Because the medical thing alone. Leave his wife alone. <laughs> yep, leave his wife alone. Let her do what she's got to do. You know, don't try to exact revenge on AJ for the for the actions of CM Punk. Just let it play out the way it's got to play out. And, and see, I kind of feel that that's AJ. That that's gonna. She already has to deal with the CM Punk chance already. Whenever she's out there wrestling, yep. but I feel now if she doesn't get over or she loses the match or they, or they make her drop the belt after if she gets it back and has to drop it again, it's just like it's gonna be people 
stupid people who say, ah, oh, they're only doing this because of what Punk said and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's, it, I kind of feel for her, it's just going to be unwanted, it's like shit she has to deal with now, even if it's not directly from the company. And, you know, do you, it, the way I see it is, and I want to I wanna switch gears and jump into the Austin McMahon interview because the way I see it is AJ's, AJ's situation should be respected as independent of CM Punk. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. it's very easy for them to exact revenge on her, putting her in shitty gimmicks or in shitty matches or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that one should not affect the other. If she comes to work and she and she's the good soldier and she does what she's got to do, just let it play out. Leave the guy alone. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you know I want to switch gears because you know Vince McMahon, of course, jumped on Stone Cold's podcast, which obviously one was to get more people on the network. Two was because it would give Stone Cold's podcast mainstream exposure. But three, I did not expect Stone Cold to come out there and really <laughs> ask the legit questions. You know, and the, so the fact that, questions being the, the CM Punk question. Well, that was one of them. But when he was asking about Vince's high expectations and if Vince McMahon is in tune with the audience, um, you know, he you know, Vince, I like he said he goes that they do hit and miss on some guys. And he actually put over guys by name like Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose. He talked about the six man tag match. I like that. You know, Vin, that Vince was like, yo, what's up with Cesaro? Why can't the guy get some love? Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff. And, and it was, yeah, go ahead. I, I felt Vince, uh, the, I thought the interview was great, first of all. I just, I felt Vince really made some really good points to like, as to why, like, you know, why Cesaro isn't getting the push. Cause you know, he says he doesn't have the complete package. He doesn't have the mic skills, which. To a degree, I can understand because his mic skills aren't that great. Right. So he's like, all right, this is why Cesaro's isn't being pushed. He he validated, he validated as to why we don't see Brock Lesnar on a regular basis. Yep. You know, because he's a big draw. So he 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 was just kind of open about everything. He wasn't BSing as much as I expected him to be. Well, you know what what I liked was when he was asked about the CM Punk situation. He was like, listen, you know, sucks that Punk got his termination papers on his wedding day. And, you know, whether he knew or he didn't know, it sucked. But I liked what he said when he said that he hopes to be able to work with him much like him and Austin and him and Hogan ended up doing. And, you know, he, he talked he about professionally. Yeah, because he I think that the problem is and, and this is where where the disconnect stems from. Vince McMahon is all about making bread. Triple H is all about making the business better, but he can't switch off being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like Triple H can't shut that off. Like, like, yeah, I can see that. like, dude, you can't, you can't he, go he, out there. He wants, he, go ahead. He wants to make the company better, but he's still competitive. He's just like, you're not gonna yep. go over on me. Exactly. You know, we're gonna help the company, but not at my expense. Exactly. Like he refuses to take a L. You know what I mean? Like Vince was like, <laughs> like, dude, he refuses to take an L. Like when Vince said, listen, it took Jim Ross to get involved for Stone Cold to come back. Dude, he was going to find Stone Cold 650 grand. <laughs> and he ended up eating a, a, a $250,000 fine for walking out. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like Vince doesn't have that anymore. He doesn't have the one guy. And he also said, you know, CM Punk is a unique personality, which is true. He knows he can make money off of him. Right. That's why he's easy. I felt like he he kind of tried to keep it civil. It's like, 
all right, he's like, Punk, we're sorry, and he he did it. So you know, leave a sliver of hope that Punk come back because he knows everyone knows Punk is money. But the problem is that so Mike, went, I, felt, I felt like he was doing damage control. He so. was doing he was doing damage control, and the other thing was that he pretty much reinforced that yeah he's out of touch because he views certain things differently. But he also acknowledged the fact that Triple H kind of fucked up. Because that's really it. Think about it. You're looking at it from the standpoint of you have Triple H out there and Triple H is bringing up, you know, the, the Kevin Steens, the Hideo Itami's, the, you know, the Finn, ba- the Finn Baylor's, um, you know, most of that, that roster from NXT. Those are all guys that, you know, him and William Regal, who's his boy, are finding and picking and, and doing all this stuff. And at the end of the day, that's all well and good, but... It's because they're the superstars you're creating. Yeah. Again, it falls back to to the old WCW thing. If you didn't create him, he doesn't get pushed. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's and the whole thing. So yeah, that's where you're coming from. Triple H has no no understanding of dude. You're a suit. Stop thinking you're gonna put your trunks on and go out there and do some shit. You're a suit. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, well you know if Sting can't work with the Undertaker, he's gonna work with Triple H. Why? You know why? Why is that necessary? Because Triple, Triple H needs because Triple H needs his big mania match. He has, he he needs it. You know, obviously. it's like it's like why isn't why aren't you putting him with a Bray Wyatt? You know what I mean? Or a Dean Ambrose? Or or anybody else? Like why is it that? Oh, I gotta help Sting get over for this match. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I was actually kind of hoping because I'm on the network. They put out. The new uh, Monday Night Wars episode, and right. the whole epi- the episode was basically Sting and Taker. Yep. So I'm hoping that's kind of um, uh, that's kind of like preluding or um, the word I'm looking for. It's leading up to their match. Well, the way I see it um, is, you know, the Undertaker. Go ahead. The uh, I was reading, you know, WWE puts out like the random articles, right? Of, like dream matches, and they did like top five, uh, top five guys to wrestle Sting. You know, Undertaker wasn't anyone on the list, but number one was, of course, Triple H. Which so is stupid. I find that interesting that you say that. Which is stupid. The way I see it is like this. Triple H, yeah. like Vince said when, when, when Triple H said in an interview that Vince was like, yo, when are you going to stop going out there with the boys and come and, and get behind a desk? It's because Vince knows, like, dude, you got to shut it off. You got to shut it off. You want to run this company. It's not personal. It's like, no, yeah. he didn't want to lose to you, you know? It's, it's, it's his ego. His ego is going to be his downfall. It's just like you, you, you can't be, you can't be the the owner of the company and the top guy. No, nope, you, you can't. You can't be both. Sometimes you can't accept it. Exactly. And like I said, it's taking the L. You got to take mm-hmm. that 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 L, dude. You got to take a back seat. Just because you know your wife and you are on TV every week, you are characters. Just like Vince. Just like Shane. Hell, just like Linda. You know. But at the end of the day. It's the performers that that are part of that. And that's where, you know, like, I like what Steve Austin said. He was like, listen, you know, what's up? You know, like, is Randy Savage going into the Hall of Fame? And Vince was like, fuck. <laughs> Vince was like, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, he is. When? Yep. Exactly. And, when? And that, yep. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yep, he's going in. Uh, Don't know when, but yeah, he is. And you know what it is? Things like that. 2060. Exactly. But even, even though... Even though Vince probably has his issues, Vince knows that the right thing to do is to put him in there. Absolutely. You know, and that's as, as out of touch of as out of touch as Vince may be, he's not stupid. Nope. He's not. And that's it's that, just like Vince and Triple H both bring 
good and bad things to running the company. Exactly. Like, Triple H has done amazing things with NXT, but I also know that the dude Absolutely. doesn't know how to switch off. Like, he's proud of NXT because Vince doesn't touch it, you know? Yeah, that's all. It's, it's, I feel like it's more ego-driven than actually helping the talent. Yep. Because, like, yeah, NXT is my project. Like, I did that. That's going to be, that's the best stuff out there. But not because the guy because it was my idea. That's how I feel he views it. Mm-hmm. That's but, um, a, that's the way that's the way it was. Yeah. Um you know, I um the the way I and, and this will bring it full circle, the way I see it is there's a lot of fault on both sides for different reasons, but at the end of the day, we have to accept the fact that CM Punk may never come back. And as such, we gotta respect the guy and where he stands. With regards to the company Absolutely. side with regards to the company side, our job at that point is just to to find the guys that aren't there in the sense of like the Antonio Cesaros. The only way those guys are going to get over is if the fans continue to support them with intensity and 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 you know they they acknowledge the the how good these guys are and force the company to take notice. They've been set himself on the show. The audience makes the guys. Yep, he said it. He, so and, like and, as soon as as soon as as soon as you stop bashing them from SEO with CM Punk and you know, pushing the talent they have there, it's not, it's not going to change. Well, he kind of he kind of alluded to something, and and this will this will close it out. And I I can agree to to an extent. He said um, that these new these guys aren't grabbing the brass ring as much as the Rock, Stone Cold, and that generation did. Like he said that they're afforded more stuff to get over. So in in a way, they're not working as hard. Do you agree with that? No, because when you see, you know, guys, like you see, like you guys mentioned, Ziggler and Cesaro work their, Ziggler especially works his ass off every week and still gets, you know, gets, like every now and then he has, he'll, he'll get his chance and same thing with Cesaro, but then they just kind of like drop the ball with him. And I feel like that's contrary, that's contradicting what he says that the fans make the guy because the fans are behind them full all the way and they still just, they just don't get what they, they just don't get that big spot that they deserve. So I mean, to a degree, it makes sense, but I, I don't feel that's the same for everyone. Yep, that's there are guys out there who work their ass off on a weekly basis and still get still get the shovel. No, and 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 that's how it goes. I mean, he's you know, there's guys, and he's like, yeah, these guys aren't going out there. And listen, when when Vince Stone, uh, when Vince McMahon was putting together the the Trinity of the Rock Stone Cold. And to a degree, depending on who, on what kind of a fan you are, you could interchange Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and The Undertaker. But when he put that trinity together, the internet wasn't as popping as it was. There was no Twitter, Facebook, you know, there wasn't, YouTube wasn't a, really a thing yet. And these guys were at the top of the food chain. They revolutionized the way that the product was consumed. They made, you know, Austin 316 a part of pop culture. Rest in peace. You know, if you smell what the rock is cooking, it this these guys had a harder climb than the newer guys. Yeah, but it's yeah they had they um was like the all the social media they have a chance they have the chance to um to you know get get them they basically they're getting themselves over and it's easier for wrestlers now with all the social media. But it's just like there are like Zack Ryder is probably the best example. He got himself over. All on his own, you know. He had the YouTube show. He ran social media. That was all his thing. And look where and look where that got him. Nowhere. He was hot for like a month, 
and then Kane killed him dead. Yeah, but so it's just like I see it. It's like the guys work. There are guys that work, and they still just don't get. They don't get where they. Um, they don't. They don't get the recognition. Well, here's here's where I I see that a guy like Zack Ryder is a great example. Zack Ryder got over being a comedy gimmick, and the comedy gimmicks and we've said and you know you you've said this and I've said this and Quark has said it when you guys do the buried show. Comedy gimmicks can only go but so far, and in Zack Ryder's case, um, you know the comedy gimmick went but so far, and then what happened was they just stopped believing in him. Like the fire, like like I've always said, wrestling is very, very, very uh, school-like where, you know, the coaches have their favorite players. Creative has their favorite guys, guys that they like to write for, guys that they want to work with. And Zack Ryder might have had a guy who was like, yo, Zack Ryder's the truth. We got to push this guy. And everybody's like, yeah, hey, he's all right. But if you say, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's just it's just such a weird thing. Like Zack Ryder's a, a unique case. I... I- I don't feel Zack Ryder was much of a comedy game. I feel like he was just being himself. And he was just, he was like personable and likable, not so much comedy. And they gave him like... The comedy like, gimmick. Based off his personality, they gave him like, they give him the big fist. They give him the big, uh, the big Zack Ryder hairdos and everything. But I feel Zack Ryder himself, he got himself over not for being comedy, but for being personable and likable. Yep. And, I feel like he could have, he, he could have been like a big face. Not John Cena level, but he could have been like one of the bigger faces if they'd given him the chance. No, it's true. I think I think for me, um, you know, there's there's a a unique there's a uniqueness about Zack Ryder that he didn't have creative pulling the strings. He actually leveraged what the WWE only recently started leveraging, which was the internet, the the media. Like Zack Ryder became Zack yeah. Ryder because the fans had such a unique connection with him. Like, he didn't have to go out there and sell a million shirts and get cheered. I mean, that came afterwards, but the YouTube numbers, the way he connected with everybody, that was ahead of its curve at the time, you know? Like, nobody was he doing that. He made Tout a thing. You know? He made Tout, but, but even before the Tout thing, he made WWE genuinely want to fuck with the internet. Yep. Like, think about it. Uh, you know, Twitter followers, hashtags, videos on YouTube, all that shit. Zack Ryder was... Honestly, the first guy. He paved the way for those guys. You know? And they gave him shit for it. It's like yep. it's just like you you've done all this, but it wasn't our idea. So fuck you. That's the way it's that's why that's the way it seemed to me. Like you you did all this, you you made like social media thing within the company. Now we kind of like I feel like they just took credit from him and gave him the shit for it. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. As far as like Vince, man, I think he still, he still does have a point. Like, there are guys, like, no one wants to take risks or no, they don't want to, like, back in the attitude there. They, like, guys would go out there. Like, what Punk did, he would do things he'd know he'd get in trouble for. Yep. Like, no, you can't do this, but he knows it's going to get ratings. And at the end of the day, that's what they care most about. So it's like, all right, well, it's like they'll take the slap on the wrist, but at the end of the day, it's going to pay off. Yep, like the pile driver on John Cena. Sorry. Absolutely. There you go. But um, um, like the the excess, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's that's kind of where we where we're at with regards to that. Just it's either it's either you're gonna hate CM Punk because you feel he abandoned you, or you're gonna feel empathy and sympathy because of his situation, or you're just gonna. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things where at the end of the day, 
the the fans are going to orchestrate and they're going to dictate the trends that the company's going to going to follow but the company also is going to on the DL navigate the fans towards the guys they want i.e. Roman Reigns <laughs> yeah. like that's going to that, that's what's going to happen like yeah we want you that's we want to cheer for Cesaro for the, the, no go ahead that's just the way it's been yep it's like it was like like you, it's it's a it's 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 a false sense of power. It's like like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and they are like those rare cases where fans really get behind someone. But most like the fan favorites, those are the guys they want you to cheer for. Yep, like it's like you, it's like yeah, we want you to cheer for 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 Dean Ambrose, but you're only cheering for him because Roman Reigns isn't here. <laughs> you know, we want <laughs> you to you cheer for Roman Reigns. Sometimes, sometimes it depends. You have some power. It's like I said, like. Like, like, you know, oh, J&J are going to be one of the, J&J Security are going to be one of the, the teams you can vote for. Oh, my Magal, wouldn't it be good if J&J Security went out there? Yeah, they'd look great out there with see Ugh, you know? <laughs> like, and, and, and then people are like, you know, JBL's right. That would be kind of funny. Fuck it. Let me vote for that. I, I just, I voted for them purely just because I wanted to see if they'd actually let, um, uh, Mercury no actually wrestle. Oh, that's what I wanted to see the most to see if they still could actually wrestle. And it was it was humorous, but it was it was still goofy. So I I wanted to to run through a couple of things. NXT Takeover airs next Thursday. Um, obviously on on the on the do- on the dock is Kevin Owens debuting, aka Kevin Steen, which I pray I pray that he comes out and costs Sami Zayn the belt. I need yeah. that in my That'd life, dude. <laughs> need that. Need that immediately. That'd be fantastic. Um, I prefer that over him coming out and jobbing some dude. Yeah, him wow. coming out and I, yeah, I didn't even consider that. Him coming out and beating C.J. Parker <laughs> for the ninety fifth time, because you know that's that's a glorified guy. Because you know Mojo's hurt, so. But that's you know we got his debut on on tap. Uh, Finn ba- uh, Finn Balor and. And Hideo Itami taking on the Ascension, which I'm sure is gonna gonna solidify Baylor and Itami as a legit team, and the Ascension will then be sent right up to Raw. Um, the Lucha Dragons and the Vaud Villains. I kind of want the Vaud Villains to get the belts because I think the Lucha Dragons would really be great for the tag team division on the main roster. People want to buy those masks. People want to love those dudes. <laughs> they want that shit, dude. They're, they're fun. You know, and the Vaude villains are awesome. Both the kids and the adults can like. Exactly. Charlotte, if Charlotte does drop the belt to Sasha Banks, that's because she's coming up to the main roster to fuck people up. And um, Neville and Zayn, it's weird because it can go either way. If Neville retains, it's because they want to do something more with Zayn, who's been on the road with the main roster for quite some time. But if Zayn wins the belt... Then you know Neville may they may use that as Neville's exit and bring him up to the main roster and not for nothing just joking around I was like yo imagine a match with like Adrian Neville and Brock Lesnar and Adrian Neville hits him with a Falcon <laughs> Arrow oh it'd be insane it would never happen but at the end well you know what's funny there's a guy and I I'm actually glad you called in there's a guy that they've been looking at his name is Uha Nation U H A A nation n-a-t-i-o-n um independent wrestler out of california who um did a wwe tryout camp in september and um people were really digging his matches they said that wwe sent scouts to pro wrestling gorilla um to watch him wrestle 
and dude's been wrestling since 2009. He's he's a solid dude. He's um remember when I was ta- when I was talking about Willie Mack? Yeah. Well, it's it's a similar type of deal with Uha Nation except, you know, he's incredible. He, dude, he, he's insane. Um he's like a really big athletic dude? Yeah, like he's at like he's super athletic. Like he's big, but he's athletic. Like you're like, "Oh, man, that's insane." Like um definitely I, you know, there's a couple YouTube videos. I'll, I'll put them on the on the fan page, but um, dude is six feet tall, weighs about two forty, has high flying and power wrestling offense. But there's a problem. So is he gonna be like the next? Uh, He's black. Meet the newest <laughs> member of the New Day. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to say it, but it's like Big E was kicking ass in NXT. He comes up here, they do jack and shit with him. Xavier Woods that was this promising uh, he, prospect he, 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 comes up again, nothing. Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin 2.0, nothing. Am I wrong? Black and WWE doesn't get you very far. Nope, sadly it does not. Um, I want to break down the TLC matches. I just want to put one out, which that that's going to be announced on SmackDown. So if you don't want SmackDown spoiled, fast forward through this next announcement. So the matches thus far are John Cena and Seth Rollins in a tables match, Ambrose and Wyatt in a TLC match, uh, Ryback and Kane in a chairs match, Rowan and Big Show in a steel stairs match, yet the Miz and Miz Dow are going to take on the Usos in just a regular run-of-the-mill tag team match. But the match that gets not announced... A not, not a nothing match. It's just... A, it's a, Unless they add a stipulation next week. Um, last but not least, the IC title will be defended in a ladder match. And I said to myself... Ladies and gentlemen, Dolph Ziggler's Shawn Michaels moment is going to happen at this pay-per-view. Yep. <laughs> Playing the part of Razor Ramon, Luke Harper. Uh, wow. Okay. That I match like is good. Very okay with that, dude. That match will probably. I'm incredibly okay with that. Yep. In a ladder match, I said, I said that match will probably be booked like Razor and Shawn Michaels. Like it's going to be insane. Yeah, I won't see Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Ziggler is gonna be Ziggler. They could they could steal the show. That um that and then the TLC match with Ambrose. Yep. Yeah. And and not for nothing, even uh, Cena and Rollins, because I think Cena wants to put Rollins over. You know, he wants to make Rollins that guy. Like you could see it. Yeah, the way like um they uh, on Raw, you know, they're giving Rollins more mic time. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, that latter the. Ziggler and the latter match is gonna be ridiculous. Yep, because Luke Harper is one of the best workers they got. Minus the stairs match, the car doesn't look too shabby for right now. Nope, it doesn't. You know Ryback is going to kill Kane dead. You know this. <laughs> he may he may pop that like giant cyst on Kane's back <laughs> with a chair shot. Probably a staph infection. Oh, please. Um, so, it's not every day we talk about what the fuck wrestling news, but there is an arrest warrant out for Heath Slater. <laughs> A misdemeanor arrest warrant. Too hard, man. Yeah, a misdemeanor arrest warrant. According to um, Fox Five in Atlanta, there's an a uh, um, an arrest warrant for Heath Slater, aka Heath Miller, Heath Miller, for an incident at WrestleMania 27's after party in 2011. According to the report, um, a woman named Corinne Oliver, who was working security, claims that Slater put her in a chokehold and tried to get her into an elevator to drag her to his room at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Atlanta. She claims the attack caused damage to five vertebrae in her back. She reported the matter to Allied Barton Securities, her employer, 
And um, she waited three months to file the police report because she thought that the supervisors was gonna fi- were going to file the report, and they didn't. She went on to say that other wrestlers saw what Slater was doing and didn't help. According to the warrant, it is uh, an incident was simple assault and battery. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand why this took three years. Three, in there, four years. He could have just been like, why don't you come back to the room? I'm the one-man band, baby. No? Not good? No? Maybe he could have showed her his tattoos, his terrible-ass tattoos. Maybe he could have worn... Maybe he could have had um, Gator with him. This is my boy, Titus O'Neil. Oh, oh, oh. My boy want to take you back to his room, yo. <laughs> uh, terrible. I, 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 I don't want to automatically say one the one party's lying but come on four years damn near four years yep to come out? i don't know man but he, he got to go answer uh, that warrant uh, and you know he, he better he better get that taken care of otherwise it won't be good but as far as things like that though like the, the wwe doesn't handle that do they according to what uh jerry mcdevitt said in a statement the charges are filed against slater and not the company translation figure that shit the fuck out no, you're on your own Exactly. Slide her some dough and get get it get out of here. That's what his job. Yep, that's what he's gonna have to do. Because think about it: if it comes out that it's like some sort of a, a like a like like you know bordering on like rape or some sort of a sexual assault charge, you know they gotta cut him loose. You're done. Yeah, you're done. You're done at that point. Three, four years doesn't matter. Like slide her some dough, get it over with before. Yeah. Well, like she's not she's not saying that um that she's gonna. Like, it was sexual. She said he was trying to pull her back to the room. But according to what they were saying, that, you know, once the information is fully received by the WWE, they'll take appropriate action. But the thing is, again, you know, if she's got the injuries and she allegedly reported it to somebody and they covered it up, that's a bigger issue. If she's only claiming, like, she got injured, then maybe some money. But if she's claiming, like, yo, this dude was trying to to pull me into the elevator to sexually assault me, that's a wrap. You got to cut that dude loose immediately. Like, you break you, you break fiber right in the spine. You didn't do that by just a simple pull. Yep. Just dragging her, just dragging her into an elevator. So yep. I went down. Yeah, something, something's going on there. So we'll we'll see what the deal is with that. with all, like, the... All the NFL bullshit that they have to go through. It's like, yeah, now now's not the time for that to come out. Yep. You know, anything like, like, and you know, we talked about this, anything sexual, you know, racial, like the Alberto Del Rio thing, any of that stuff, you, they, they don't need it. They do not need the press. Nope. They need to fall the fuck back with that stuff. Right. So that, that's well, a, hopefully Slater gets, Slater gets that handle because we need jobbers in this company. <laughs> we need them. We need, we need a redheaded Barry Horowitz out there getting his ass kicked. We need somebody to get mad at. Yep, we need we need that. But um, that's actually going to wrap up the uh, the wrestling for this week. Um, Cork informed me that there will be no buried this week. Uh, you guys are taking care of uh, your your college stuff. Uh, buried awards. And but the buried awards. We do the, have the buried awards coming up following the slammies. There you go. So the buried awards will be coming up. Um, I definitely got to take a moment and congratulate Cork and Blade as they are approaching ten episodes of their show. Uh, the Buried Show, which you can hear on RageWorks.net or MyTakeRadio.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, the the greatest test for a podcast is making it past 10 episodes, and uh, Cork and Blade have been holding on strong, so uh, definitely got to 
Uh, congratulate both guys for that. As always, you can find Quark and Blade on Twitter at QuarkMTR for Quark and John U. Butler for Blade on Twitter and, of course, on the Facebook fan pages as well. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for giving us the chance to do the better show. I know me and Quark love doing it, and we love that people enjoy listening to it. So uh, we'll be back next week with the Barrett Awards, and, and besides that, just enjoy the show. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Thank you. Peace. All right, guys. There you have it. With that, we are wrapping up tonight's show. We actually almost went the uh, the full three hours, but we got to take into consideration the Reebok deal, the CM Punk situation, and, of course, uh, Vince and Austin's interview were all hot-button topics. Uh, My Take Radio will be back uh, later on today. It is officially Thursday. So they will be back. We will be back at 11 p.m. Eastern to break down the latest in gaming and entertainment. So with that said, on behalf of myself, Quark, Blade, Slick, Andrea, Ben, Jay, the Rightist, and the rest of the MTR family, I will catch you guys next week. Again, thank you for your continued support. If you want to listen to archived episodes of the show, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. For social media, you can find us at My Take Radio at rage underscore works and you can also find rage works and my take radio on facebook and google plus as well thanks again guys see you guys next week peace I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> that's all, bro.